Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey everybody, welcome to the Midnight Frightcast special bonus episode, Prairie Lights Film Festival Edition. This is your Greg the Movie Guy, the Dr. Filmonomics, sitting down here in the basement studio, but a different basement studio. We are in the basement of the historic Grand Theater here in Grand Island, Nebraska. Sitting across from me is Patrick. Hey everybody, how's it going? And to the left of him, still across from the table from me, to his right, maybe my left, I don't know, is Josh. Yeah, I'm here. Act a little bit more enthusiastic. Josh. I'm here at the Prairie Lights Film Festival. It's Friday, and I'm wow, still late. Wow, that was a lot of red lights. That was a, re- a lot of red lights on there. All right. <laughs> we are here on the opening night of the film festival, and we uh, we got to see some movies this evening. It's kind of exciting. Should we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, let's do. All right. Uh, who wants to start in chat? Anybody? Anybody? Everybody's hand went up. I'll call on Greg. No. You know, I, I think the uh, the Prairie Lights Film Festival <laughs> has started this trend where it kicks off with a movie that just swings for the absolute fences. Um, I think that was one of my absolute favorites from yesterday. Last night was... Um, I want to make sure I get the title right. Dreaming like, of a Better World. Dreaming of a Dreaming Better of a World, better which world. was a documentary. Not a documentary, but a documentary. <laughs> which is really cool that they opened the festival up with a documentary, because that's not a normal thing no, that's, either. Yeah. Usually they saved those for Sunday yeah. at the end, because <clears throat> I don't know why. But no, this one, just everything on all levels was absolutely fantastic. The story was great. I mean, you don't feel like you're going to get into a movie or be entertained or interested in a movie about organic corn making, organic corn growing, farming. organic farming because farming. he rotated the crops and that's what made that is true. His... Okay, organic farming. So now that I sound like an idiot, organic farming, organic uh, corn growing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Organic I was up planting last night. of the seed and letting it. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> um, just I was I was taken in from minute one on this movie and. Everything about it was just absolutely fantastic. I think it was a. I think what helped it is just incredibly charming. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the 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 main character. I don't want to say character because it's an actual person <laughs> uh, with the Vetter Farms, with his father and everything else. You know, it being a family business, him going to school, learning a ton of stuff, coming back, and not just jumping into organic farming, but learning it, learning the land and everything else in a very organic way himself, mm-hmm. I just thought was really made for an intriguing story. And then as it developed, how he's influencing the farmland around him with the other farmers mm-hmm. in his area and everything else, that he just has this great influence on them to encourage them to grow organically as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I walked in, I think, the last 30 minutes of this, so I missed the first chunk of it um, but what i saw yeah again it's hard to sell a documentary and hard to even harder to keep somebody's attention during a documentary so uh but i was i was lasered in so uh, especially for not really knowing 100 percent what was going on what i saw was great mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and i would be interesting to see if it is the actual steve buscemi who was the uh, a producer on yeah this. that was interesting mm-hmm. because yeah. that's it's a very unique name it's not like a lot of people would walk around with the name steve buscemi 
I'm changing it right now. Oh. I'm going on to the National Name Changing Registry. I'm changing my name to Steve Buscemi. Just oh, FYI. okay. Cool. Interesting. Well, we can put him on our stuff. And, yeah, exactly. And we Buscemi should all change our names to something more. Who wants to be Steven Spielberg? Well, we should all just be Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could be the, the Buscemi Projection Company. <laughs> Written by Steve Buscemi. Directed by Steve Buscemi. Lead actor, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> all um, three different people. Exactly. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, 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 two, and three. So uh, she saw. This is really difficult to say. She saw specters from the seashell. Right. Was the uh, the follow up? Because uh, after that was the only feature that played last night. Was no, there was two features, but because oh uh, yeah, there was two features. Yes, yeah. because unemployed was the second one. Yeah, well, we'll touch on them all, and then hopefully we'll get the director, writer, the filmmakers yeah, of yeah. unemployed said they were um, interested in talking on the podcast. Yeah. So she saw specters from the seashell. Was the uh, kickoff of the anthology project last night. Yeah, what did everybody? Uh, let's touch on let's just touch on these really quick and see what everybody thought. Well, first of all, and and I don't mean this as a huge criticism, uh, but for an anthology, it wasn't much of an anthology yeah. in the sense of there was nothing connecting these pieces together yeah. except they all played in the same night. It was, it was more of a block. It was more of a block of yeah. short films because yeah. we had a sci-fi, we had a paranormal, paranormal. we mm-hmm. had a dark, well, two dark comedies yeah. that followed that. There was a dark comedy, and then there was a really dark comedy. And then there was a really, yeah. really dark comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, so, like I said, it's not really criticism, just a, an observation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, the one thing that I love when we come here to Prairie Lights is to see what other people are doing in their little cinematic universe of Nebraska. And uh, one of the cool things that I liked about the seashells, specters by the seashore movie, <laughs> a little help on the name. Cause I don't yeah. remember what it was. She saw specters from the seashell. seashell. That one. It was interesting to, to see the story of it. And I don't fully understand or know that I fully understand what had happened with the story, but it was, it was kind of a, a fun watch to see the, the lighter side of exorcism. Yeah, he was the only filmmaker here, uh, not here. I think during that right, block during last the, night. So oh, yeah. I would have been, yeah, really curious to see how that film came about. Mm-hmm. Um, how people because we talked, they talked a lot last night about how people came up with their ideas, mm-hmm. and um, and that was one I was kind of curious about how how you come up with that, like what what uh, little things in that film were personal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. And that was directed by who was that? William Fisher. William Fisher. Yeah. Right. And who had he had one here he, last year, didn't I think he? So yeah. Do you remember which one that was? I don't. No, I'd be able to look it up if I wanted to go through the website. But yeah, I'm on my phone, and it's not an easy one to navigate. Your phone or the website? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so that one was followed by uh, the one that I was particularly interested in checking out, which was a uh, I Belong to Me yeah. by Dorothy Boreham and uh, Chad Hofschild. Yeah. Uh, a couple all-stars, Prairie yeah. all-stars. Technically, I was blown away by what they yeah. were or what they did. They they took a, uh, a sci-fi script and turned it into like a post-world mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was written by budget. Yeah, and that was written by our friend Tony Crumpton. Tony Crumpton. Yep. yep, yep, you're right. And um, how they portrayed that in the world that we live in, and able to show a, a postmodern world, I thought was just. I thought they did a really, really good job with it. Yeah, Dorothy and Chad are uh, not only like Prelates Hall of Famers, uh, if you want to put them in that category, but they're like they're two of my favorite filmmakers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just 
I look forward. I think they've had something in here every, every year, year. Yeah, and I look forward every year to what they're bringing. You know that to the table. when you're, you know that when you're sitting down to watch one of their movies, you're going to see quality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, my hats off to them because they they strive for that. They yeah. strive for that quality. That they they know that they never want to put out something that is that is mediocre or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. and it really shows that all their hard work goes into it, and it really shows that. That they, they put that time into they're, it. They're passionate about what they do, and that's that's the one cool thing that I love. I know uh, we we get together with Chad every once in a while, and he's kind of the reason that we're here doing this. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he, he yeah. got us kind of kickstarted in this, so I, I love coming back and kind of going back to the source and seeing what they're able to do. You know, like yeah. Patrick said. So yeah, um, and it and it starred a few people that we knew, and yeah. even one of our you know people we've worked with before, Andrea Arison, yeah. who you know small role, but she did a really nice job with it. Yeah, I'd like to work with her more. Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For no money, they they and to no money on a sci-fi short. If that, it that's tough. Mm-hmm, and right. They, they kick some cool locations too. They did, they did, and I think they used really, they made really good use of those locations yeah, to make absolutely. it look postmodern. Yeah, you know. So I, we're not going to skip it, Patrick. I'm just going to. I just won't talk about it unless you have questions for me. So. The, the next film made by one of the jackasses in this room. Yeah. Not so, named Josh or Greg. What do you mean, my, yeah. what do you mean one of the jackasses? Um, I'm the only jackass in the room. <laughs> hey, save it because I've got mine tonight so we can talk about. Oh, we'll talk about you being a jackass <laughs> later. That's for sure. So that fall we followed uh, I Belong to Me with Patrick's, with Patrick's tip. So um, <laughs> I've always Pat- wanted to show my tip at a theater. <laughs> Patrick's film, The Tip, um, which was kind of like that the progression of that short because it was quick mm-hmm. it was you wrote it and then minus the whole like fuckery with finding locations, find the locations right like <laughs> if you would have been on a find locations that was a like a month maybe turnaround right because i wrote quick. it yeah i wrote it in and afternoon mm-hmm. i mean because it was only 11 pages long i think i don't know it was that long 11 or 12 pages long well because it was dialogue, dialogue heavy, heavy. yeah mm-hmm. But the dialogue itself clipped along. Uh, so, yeah, I wrote that in the afternoon, shot it out to you guys, and you guys gave me some feedback. Tom gave me some feedback as well. Did some modifications. I mean, it was done – t- the script itself was done in two days. Yeah. So if we were able to have jumped on filming it right away, we could have cranked that thing out in a week. week. Yep. Yeah. But yep. location, 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 and six months later, we are finally able to shoot it. Yeah, it was one location, really, because it was that, that first location. It, that, it was the one location. Finding the other one was fine. Yeah. yeah. So it's just that's, the, that's the, the difficult part of the game is location hunting mm-hmm. and, and getting a yes from yeah. anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I will say that uh, after this weekend, it will be posted live for people to see. Yeah, and the tip was – Played really well last night. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It was re- I, so. I felt it was received well. Yeah, it played um, really it's hard well. for it's hard for me to tell because I was chuckling to myself. Yeah. So, you know, I find my own stuff funny. I don't know if other people do or not. That's it's That's tough until you throw it out into the crowd. It really right? is. It really know. is. Yeah. So, because last year with the contest, I thought that was funny, but it, it didn't get the reception that I thought it would. Yeah, but that felt that you didn't write that either. That was, no, that but still, it was one of those things but, where you know I thought it was smart. I thought it was. You know, written by my friend Jim Hanna. Yeah. You know, kudos to him because it was a really, really smart film mm-hmm. and felt that it, it, I, I just didn't think that it had the reception that I thought it would. Yeah. We got people walking past the door. You guys can say hello. That's okay. Oh, what hi. Yeah, what is live? Yeah. Let me do. Yeah, really yeah, that's live, probably something we didn't say. We're in the basement of the Grand Theater, and that's probably why it's so echoey in here. Oh, did we and, not say that? No, you may have, uh, but I, I, I just wanted up. to say that that's why it's so echoey down here, and we will have people walking in and out. 
So if there's any disruptions, we welcome it. Actually, absolutely. So. absolutely. Uh, we followed uh, Patrick's tip with. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be the thing today, Patrick's tip. Before we jump into that, I had one more comment. Oh, go please. Um, I, I, I am really appreciating this year in the the attempts at comedy. I'm noticing that there's yeah. even just in the last night there's been a lot more attempts mm-hmm. at comedy and they've been decent comedies. Right. Um, and I, I attribute that to you, and especially last year when we attempted our first comedy with the contest, mm-hmm. because comedy is one of the toughest genres I, I, I to think it approach. Is, I think it is difficult. You got to have the actors that can pull it off. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying I did in in the tip, but Tom definitely did a great job both this year and last year. Tom's got really good timing. He really does. Yeah. He really does. I will work with him any day of the year. But I mean, you guys had a nice balance and I'm, I'm trying not to fluff our own feathers here because obviously we had a hand. But you are the, you are the fluffer though. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But you guys had a really nice balance where Tom is the kind of the, the comedic relief and you've got the, the balance Mm -hmm. of the, uh, the more straight man. Right. It's probably it's the first time I've ever been straight in my life. <laughs> yeah, so he's that, not the one that got the room with the two queens. The, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so that was Patrick's tip. Uh, we followed that with... Just to the uh, point. I mean, minus, uh, again, not 2DR alone, but uh, my favorite of the night was Lucy. Right. Uh, that's Agreed. the one we're talking about uh, next. Uh, ben Benito, sorry. Benito Garcia makes one movie a year. He makes it just for this festival. And he brings it, and he shows it, and he kills it every single year. I think I've yeah. said this the last mm-hmm. few times we've podcasted. I've said it every single time we've done this. Ben brings it, and he kills it every year. Mm-hmm. He's not falling short. No. One time, and it always brings something different. The, the 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 genres that he dances around in, it's not like, because he lives in a horror kind of world throughout the year with all the effects he does, and then he goes to make a film, and it's not, you think, he's going to make a it's a crazy horror film, and he never does. Well, last well, year, last year, he did. last year, he the, did, the one exception. We're not allowed to talk yeah. about last. But the year movie. before that, with the cobbler and all the the yeah. other stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he and and this one, he walked a tightrope. Yeah, on this one because it could have gone either way with the subject matter that he was he was dealing with because he did a very very dark mm-hmm. comedy about well about Let's dive into it. Uh, it's the rape fantasy yeah. is what it is. And like I said, it could have gone one way or the other. And during the discussion afterwards, you know, he discussed why he went ahead and added comedy elements to it because he could have. And it was originally intended to go, I think, really, really Super dark. dark mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, uh, I'm glad he chose this way, actually, because we get to see, you know, we haven't necessarily seen comedy from him. Yeah, I think some of the comedy was Jeremy. Right. Because he wrote it with Jeremy. You know, but still, you know, being the director behind it and stuff like that, he's still got to understand the yeah. timing and everything mm-hmm. else. And and he had some really good actors in this one. And uh, I think he was able to pull this off without making it, uh, I don't want to say without making it offensive, but making it without making it really disturbing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he got the, the standout was Moyer. Mm-hmm. And Moyer just, uh, again, every year he's in nine things <laughs> and uh it's nine always, to 53 things yeah right. it's always fun to watch moyer because again he's never the same way in any movie you see him in he's always different he's always kind of a character mm-hmm. um you never really see moyer but uh he's always really fun to watch right we saw him twice last night and there was a, a lot of new faces in that one people i've not seen yeah and stuff yeah um i know that the 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 one actress was also in the seashell movie mm-hmm 
Was that Katie Otten? I'm not sure name? of the name. Okay. Once again, me and mobile stuff. Hi there, Dorothy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going Good. all right. Are we going to be able to pull you down at some point to talk to I us? I'd love to come down. Awesome. To talk to you guys. <laughs> that I would be great. I here and look at the manager. Oh, go right so ahead. Go through if you guys want to look. Through. Through. Everybody. You're not interrupting <laughs> yeah. anything. Uh, just... God, I can't believe these people walking <laughs> through. <laughs> Chatterbox, how rude. Yeah, we were talking about but, but, but the yeah. you know the yeah. new faces in the in the uh, the movies last night. There was a lot of people I'd never seen. Yeah, uh, in the what four years I've been coming, and mm-hmm. which is like kind of cool because it looks like that means people are starting to open themselves up and dive into this venture. Right. So well, and also you know I don't know if it's because we have more filmmakers this year, if we have different filmmakers this year, or if filmmakers are finally saying you know I can't do everything with my friends. Mm-hmm. I've got to go out and find different yeah, talent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's absolutely. how you start, you know, you bring your friends together yeah. and you, you toss them in there and see how it lands. But yeah, but you don't want to keep bringing them yeah. back every single year. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, these guys again, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, so Lucy was my uh, probably my standout yeah. last night. It's a really so, good one. Um, and then they finished the night with a feature. There was a second feature of the night, um, and a movie that I was looking forward to. I heard so many really good things about the movie just before going into it. Um, Jeremy Lubash is unemployed. Yep. And hopefully we'll pull him down today and uh, get a chat with him about mm-hmm. yeah. how he came up with that. Yeah, because one of the things I, I do want to talk to him about, and, and he brought this up in the in the talkback discussion last night, was it, it felt very episodic to me yeah. going through it, that it, it, it seemed like a group of scenes as opposed to having fluid uh, storyline throughout the entire thing. And he said this in his talk back that, yes, it was originally intended to be sketch comedy, that it was going to be a series, like a web series or something like that. So that's that's kind of how it felt to me going through that while entertaining. There was sometimes where some things, it didn't have the connection mm-hmm. throughout. And that he did, he did explain through that at the talk back. So it's not like I'm knocking it for it because he that's acknowledged what he said. that. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so I enjoyed that. And the one guy, he carried 90% of the movie. I don't think he was, like, not on screen. You know, there was, like, very few times that he was not on screen. The bigger guy. Yeah, the main character. And he was actually there last night. Yeah. I actually had a – I looked over that uh, at him, and then there was – we got to that point in the movie where – I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, there's a point in that movie where I just could not look over at him anymore. It was, oh, is this when he was testing the products? Yes, when yeah. he was testing the products, I could not look over there anymore. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I've seen everything. I don't want to see anymore. Right. So, well, I mean, out of that crew, there was only one guy's butt we didn't see in that, that movie. That is true. Very true. Yeah, very true. <laughs> butts. Uh, butts galore. And, uh, and I think that was the one thing when we were talking to Jeremy about uh, how – because we have to show that movie late. They have to show that movie later because of the, the content, content. – and uh, we were asking, I was like, well, why is it rated R besides language? And he's like, you know, is there nudity? Or what? He's like, yeah, there's just a bunch of dude ass in it. So um, I was like, all right. Well, Hats off yeah. to those guys, though, because yeah. there's no way I'm dropping trout in a film. No, no, right? one, no one wants to see my back with a crack. One dude did an entire scene completely <laughs> naked and just had his uh, the, the, doll, the in, doll front in front of him. Yeah. So I was like. Good for you, man. I then no. he gets to lounge on the couch with it and all yeah. that. I sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, that was Friday. We have a ton of content to go watch today. 
hopefully we'll go hunt down some filmmakers and then we will we'll come back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. All right. We'll be right back. So let's take a break. Woo! We're back. Night Frights Pod. We should have Matt bring it back and confuse everybody. I'll do. I'll, do. I'll do. What do you want me to say? Are you coming back from like a commercial break? Yeah, we just said we're going to take a break, go watch some more movies, and then okay. come back. Uh, we're already rolling. That's cool. So I'm getting that. Are you hearing that popping? Yeah. I don't know where I'm getting it from, though. Oh, yeah. Good call. Welcome. All right, back. Matt, tell me. Okay, so I don't think I've ever said your last name correctly. And every time I do this, you're like, how do you think you say it? And then I say it, and then you're like, you're wrong, dickhead. Don't say it like that. It's like this. Yeah. Is, it, is, is it Kaiser? Yes. That's, it, the, that's it, the proper pronunciation. But people Kaiser. also say Kister. They yeah. say Keister. They never, say all sorts of things. Okay, but, but yeah. it's Kaiser. Keister's the unfortunate one, isn't it? Um, it's not that big a deal because it always brings up an interesting conversation. So like when yeah. somebody says that, mm-hmm. it, it broaches the subject to be able to engage with that person. Yeah. We so, should just use this, Patrick. Just use this. We're back now. Yeah, we've been we've been recording cool. yeah. for two minutes yeah, yeah, already. Really, yeah. that's, that's, I, that, I feel like that was a more like just mellow way to bring yeah. it back anyway. It's just right. Well, I thought I'd start it when Matt just already said, Yeah. and we're back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. Uh, keep up. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that we were using You're an old, so. old, old hand by this point. You but, yeah, know how this stuff works. Yeah, Matt Kaiser is the program director. Is that what you'd call uh, I don't know. Titles? Festival drive. We don't really care about titles at Prairie Lights. Titles. Yeah, but you, but you can't say that because you give everybody that jumps in to help a title. That's because it you make some shit good. up and you're like, yeah. you're the new creative director of. Yes, that is true because people. Um, they get proud when they a title is bestowed upon them. Oh, I don't know if yeah, you if you've ever seen The Office with oh, yeah. uh, yes. Steve Dwight, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, Dwight, assistant regional assistant to the regional manager. Gone down the rabbit hole. It's the just office. a title. But I will say, I, maybe I've already told you guys this, and if your listeners have heard this from me before, I apologize. But uh, my name has always been an, an interesting issue because uh, my name was never supposed to be Matthew. Do you know what it was supposed to be? I've Matthias. heard this story before. It's supposed to be Joshua. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be Joshua, but my mom did not know how to spell it, so she freaked out. And then she goes, well, I'm going to name him Matthew instead, and she forgot the T. So I yeah. only had one T. So she misspelled Matthew. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, that's me. Oh, hi, hi, ladies and gentlemen. That's the origin of Matt. <laughs> Matt. You can call me Josh, uh, though. That's cool. That's cool. Podcast guy. Hey. Oh, hey, hey. Ben. Uh, grab, jump in, sit down. Yeah, grab a chair. You're grab a microphone. You're stealing my thunder, Ben. This is my big I moment. <laughs> God, this is what he always does to but, me. Matt, let's talk about yeah, just talk like about let's talk about just uh, bringing the festival back around again this year. This is year mm-hmm. six. Yep. Um, so you've done this six times. You tried to kind of the word is not pawn. The word is kind of like uh, delegate authority. Delegate, yeah, that's the diplomatic um, way to put it. Because I think you're ready for a kind of a break. Yeah, I'm ready bit. to go. Like, yeah. uh, and I've been ready to go for a while. Yeah, um, and you know this. We've yeah, had yeah. conversations about this yeah. before. Um, it's one of those things. Uh, Tom Noblock and Ben Matikowicz, um and you and Mark yeah. um, this year is sort of sort of delegating a little more authority uh, to people, just sort of saying, hey. Go. These people are interested. They want to help. What are you willing to do? Yeah, so, yeah, to, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, it, it's gone pretty well so far. Um, I don't know if if I'll be able next time just up and vanish. Yeah, uh, try ghost, anyway. Ghost out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
I think the plan is for for Prairie Light Seven uh, this next coming year to give a little bit more yeah. away and be like, okay, well, how about now you're going to do the entire programming schedule? Can you yeah, handle it? Because you, you do it. Would I you have managed that you you're making it to seven on this? What's that? Would you have imagined before that you would have made it to seven? Oh no! Okay. No 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 no. Um, it's it's a very I'm very proud of it. Uh, we were having this conversation uh, late night, Tommy's. Uh, five to five thirty in the morning, talking about well, um, there's always the issue, and and I'm totally cool. And by the way, where's Maddie? Come on, she come on, uh, Maddie. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, anyway. She she could she couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Josh. You're welcome. And, and as you as you know, I'm very open and honest about you know the good things about the festival, the bad things about the festival, uh, what can be improved, what can't be improved, and how do we get to a certain space. Um, for the longest time uh, with the Paralytes Film Festival, it was always like to go like, man, we got to pack this place. What do we mm-hmm. possibly do to pack <laughs> yeah. this place? And as I've done this throughout years, the years have gone by, I've sort of realized, I'm like, it's just not going to happen. And it's not because of of anything or any lack of trying or anything sure. like that. It marks stealing my thunder now too. Jesus. <laughs> but have you ever have you ever gone back and gone I could I pack a place in Lincoln or Omaha? We actually discussed that last night. Oh really? Uh, this was while you left us at yeah, Tommy's and never came back to hang out. I saw uh, I do this every year. <laughs> you would have known about all of this insider insider infos last night. Um, and in Peter O'Brien, who's a good friend of mine, who has a film playing tonight, Running Through Darkness, yep, yep. Um, he brought up a really interesting thing. He said that what he loves most about the Paralytes Film Festival is the overall mission statement of it, yeah. which is, you know, anybody can be in it. You know, we don't have awards. We don't have this. We don't mm-hmm. have that. Yeah. And that's super – he super respects it and finds that to be um, – the best we're, part of it. We're playing musical chairs. We're, right now, we are so playing musical chairs because, because, because so since, <laughs> I feel like I need like a tracker. This is like, it's like the most people we've ever had on the cast at one time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're dancing. No, we've 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 had a few people join us since Matt has. Do we uh, need? Do we need? I mean, I musical chairs music. You're you're really close to the We can edit that in. We can. Yeah, Mark, I'm bringing your microphone down a little bit. Wow, you completely blew us out there. Sorry, man. Well, you know, I keep going. I didn't know. Where was I? Okay. Uh, Lincoln, Omaha. Festival. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and the thing came up like the the very thing, and I've I've come to believe this as well. The very thing that I think makes Prairie Lights unique and special is the very thing that hinders it from growing, um, because because there's a certain sort of like you know most film festivals have okay we have a, a criteria that must be met a certain quote-unquote quality level must be hit and we bring films from outside nebraska and other things that people um that brings more people to the festivals Mm -hmm. right yeah whereas when we're doing a festival that's just about nebraska films um it's going it's always going to be a niche thing yeah it's always going to be niche uh especially in our location and all this stuff so fast forward to your conversation about would it play in omaha um and I think it would. I think it would. Just because Omaha and Lincoln are much more so Omaha than Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Omaha is a much bigger film community. Uh, it's easier to get the word out. Uh, it would be easier for people to arrive and show up and, yeah. and stuff like that and not have to spend money to stay for an entire weekend and all that stuff. I do think it would play better in Omaha. 
However, the whole thing is the grand theater, right? It's, mm-hmm. And that that lends to lends itself to a part. I'm I'm comfortable at this point saying we gave it our best shot to get this place packed. I would mm-hmm. love to have it packed yeah. on a Friday night and a Saturday night. But there's nothing else I can do after six years to yeah. try to get people out here. If they don't come, they just don't come. So the Prairie Lights Film Festival, what it is to me, is sort of like this unique sort of intimate gathering of friends and filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And there's still there's still a lot yeah. of people that come and watch these movies. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah. But it's never going to be something as super huge and yeah, know, everything. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. I'm comfortable with that. And when I ultimately hand this thing over, uh, whoever whoever takes the baton and runs with it, if they can find a way to pack this place on a Friday, Saturday night, I tip my cap to them yeah, because yeah. we've done yeah. we've done everything we can. And it's okay to be okay with this is what yeah. it is because I still think it's great. It's I like every, it's everything great. short of having thousands of dollars in order to do mass communication or anything yeah, exactly. like that. And that's mean, not you, you just don't have those types of funds. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen for us, and uh, that's all right. Do you think, though, that this has encouraged people in Nebraska to go out and try – to make a film, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. oh, we have a we have a place where I can submit my, yes. my project, and Absolutely. it'll just play, and it'll be really cool to yeah. see. Yeah, um, kind of inspired or the best example that is Tom Lombard. It was a Jesse's Chili. I Jesse's think Chili was, was his first it. one. Yeah, Tom Lombard came to Prairie Lights the year before he screened that, and he came up to me and he told me he's like, and you know, he's a, in his sixties. Yeah, and he was like, it's been my dream <clears throat> to make a movie. He's like, and I came to Prairie Lights, and I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. This was so cool. It was so fun. And he goes, if I made a movie this year, would you screen it? And I was like, absolutely. And yeah. then he filmed a movie, screened it, and a dream was fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. Vincent Smith is another one who's yeah. making movies uh, just because you're like, oh, wow, this is great. He's making High school. Yeah, high yeah. school. Yeah. And he was making contacts and networking and you know getting movies. And Benito worked on uh, one of his films, and I can't wait to see it this evening because um, I did not know that he's acting in it. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be very, fantastic. very, very interesting role. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think uh, we've never gotten any sort of negative feedback from the filmmakers in the sense that of the festival being an open place where everybody can screen their movies. Mm-hmm. Now, we have gotten negative feedback from filmmakers in the sense of, why are you putting my movie in this time slot? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't put 53 movies between 4 and 9 p.m. on a Saturday night. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish I could. I cannot do it. But in terms of, like, just the atmosphere and everything like that, it's always been positive in that aspect. And that's what I hope it does in the future. Like, I, I super appreciate you guys. I mean, you guys make movies for this festival. Uh, you guys come out. You do your podcast. You do all your stuff. And I know I like to – you know, kid around with Josh a lot in particular because he's like a punching bag of mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's a punching bag for I, the I, rest of us I as well. I feel you. I feel um, your pain, um, man. I'm going to bring actually a punching bag shirt next year. No, no. It's uh, yeah. like like Josh, uh, in, in total honesty here, like you are a great dude and you do a lot for the film festival and I super, super appreciate it. I know everybody is, has busy lives and, uh, you, you know, you've expressed like, man, I wish I could do more and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And, and everybody does, but like, the things that you guys do, making the movies for the film festival. I mean, this festival is sort of about you guys. It's not about me. Yeah, I might be the director of the Prairie Lights Film Festival or creative yeah. director, amazing god-like figure of whatever. That's, 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 that's no, my no, 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 no. I don't think any of us have said that. <laughs> but, but the festival was always designed for you guys. 
it's for the Nebraska filmmakers, right? Yeah. You guys are the ones here. You guys are the ones that get to show your stuff on the big screen. And you guys are the ones that get to sort of hang out with all your friends and colleagues and stuff like that. It's designed for you guys. And yeah. I think in that sense, it's always been a success. Even in the years that we didn't, like the first couple of years, I mean, like it was, it was rough. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of people here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the camaraderie and the, the fun, like, man, we're going out again next year. And it's built. Yep. It's built every year slowly. I'm not yeah. saying it's skyrocketing, but it's built. Even an year. uptick of, of uh, submissions, right? You get oh, more, yeah. and more, uh, more and more, including outside of Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Film, still people. Oh, yeah. A lot of, lot of uh, India. Arabic. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Arabic films. Iran is a big one that sends Really? In. Oh, yeah. It's, hmm. it's very weird. Um, they must yeah. have a Nebraska in Iran. It, you know what? You want to know something really, really frustrating to me is like I put on the Film Freeway page because uh, I started getting all these submissions from out other countries in the world. I'm mm-hmm. like, this must have been filmed in Nebraska. If it's not and you don't explain how it was, it will be disqualified. Mm-hmm. And so in their description, they just put yes, yes. Yeah, and I had one guy from India. He made this like Hindu goddess film about love, and he and I was like, "How does this relate to Nebraska?" And he goes, "Nebraskans have love, just like." (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Thank you, that's cool." Disqualified. (laughs) That's really nice. No, Mm, that was a good Indian accent too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, since Matt joined us, we actually had three more people join us in the room. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with us, we now have uh, Benito Garcia. Hello. And star of his film, and that's Cat Walsh. Yes. Correct. Okay. Hello. And Mark Popejoy joined us. So so they're all going to be jumping in on this conversation as well, and I'm sure we're going to have some specific questions for them as we move on. Yeah, but, but only I'm allowed to talk. Though. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. ask everything. Your microphones on. Yeah, okay. let's we'll these are all questions, and then you can just give Silly us the answer. answer. Yeah, these okay. are all great. <laughs> but Mark, you've stepped up. He knows the my last life. Two We're years. here to you prop Matt's up. head up. <laughs> What's that? We're here to prop, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You stepped up, Mark, the last two years in the festival as a bigger role and taken on more. Well, you've taken you've taken on like it's like you've taken on everything in Nebraska. You're like the busiest person I think I've ever met, film wise. But you. how have you kind of transitioned into doing more stuff here? Well. That's a good question because actually this year I felt like I've done less. Um, to be honest, I, I mean, tried. One hundred percent honest because um, I mean, when Matt asked me to come on as assistant director, you know, first it was MC, and I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome," you know, and and then uh, and then come on as assistant director, and last year was my busiest year here because I did, you know, I was here mm-hmm. opening. You know, uh, on five at five, you know, on Friday night, open Saturday morning with opening statements. I was here for every QA in between breaks. Uh, I set up. uh, um, We had uh, last year. We did auditions in between. Mm -hmm. I I set up, and you know, it was a madhouse in here trying to set up for auditions. We didn't have you know all the equipment. I didn't even show up for the deadline. (laughs) Yeah. So and so last year was my busiest year, and and this year, you know, Matt has probably mentioned you. We brought on um, Ben and Tom and, Mm -hmm. and. and Josh and uh, and it's just been like I feel like I've done way less this year because I, I I didn't even do any radio or TV promotions that I had done in the past couple of years I wasn't asked to be you know interviewed for any any promotional stuff mm-hmm. Ben kind of took that and ran with it you know mm-hmm. and uh, he did a great job man yeah. hats off to that guy yeah I saw know, a lot more promotion this year all the graphics which was really nice yeah. he reached out to me he's like is there anything I can do to help I was like wow yeah actually yes yeah. would you like nice. to do this and he ran with it 
that's all. Yeah. yeah. So, so what you're saying, Mark, is you don't do anything and <sighs> you should be cut loose? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm hearing. That's what I hear. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. do with me as you will. I, 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 I too, sometimes maybe I should have the, the punching bag shit yeah, on yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've ever been on I, a Dead Lantern set. I, yeah, uh, I just uh, <laughs> sure. jumped on the first one not too long ago. It was definitely a punching bag experience. Uh, it was awesome. Um, it's called hazing. I left early. You did. You bailed you know, as far as, you know, I mean, at one point we talked about taking over over the director role, and, and I definitely was not ready for that at that time. And Matt has done an amazing job of, of setting this festival up. And, uh, you know, whoever, like he said, whoever takes it over or takes the reins and runs with it, I know that they're they're going to do it in the, in the same conscious that, that Matt has set it up for, yeah. you know, to do that. Because, like he said, I mean, I've said it from stage many times. I mean – I think that if, if you want to make a movie and, and go out there and do it, and here's the place to showcase it, if you're if you're in the community, you know, if you've ever wanted to get involved, I mean, here's the place to do it. You know, sometimes you feel like at bigger festivals, um, you feel like you know it's out of touch, like these mm-hmm. these are untouchable, unapproachable. You know, how do how do I get started? Here, it's like. Come talk to me. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll bring you in. I've, I've had 15-year-old kids on my film sets that, you know, their mom would contact me or a boyfriend that I've known. Like my our, our uh, my stepson's making um, and doing movies off of his phone. Would you be willing to bring him on to your set? Yeah. <laughs> Tell him to come on. He, yep. Well, you don't know who you're going to creatively spark into the next Spielberg 20 years down the road, you have no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it's really about helping each other and stroking each other's egos, man. Keep going and doing what you do. Yeah. And how great am I? Oh, man. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> creative director. Uh, of <laughs> God, Thank you. Godlike. 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 <laughs> now, hopefully we're going to get Tom and Ben on the podcast yet really before they going. leave. But I want to know from you guys, is there any dirt you have on them that we can bring up while we're yeah. interviewing them? Any dirt? Or anything along the way that we could just dirt. embarrass them with? Mud, whatever. <laughs> um, I have nothing. I don't either. You guys are actually really good dudes. You guys disappoint me. I I I can make something up if you want. You just hit with it. Like we um, could just say Matt. I do know said. I do know some (laughs) government. I know some government agents. We might be able to conjure some stuff. Well, there Ben. Ben's been quiet. I've been. Well, Matt's fucking talking the whole time. Oh, sorry. I know you. Sorry. You can Matt's talking the whole time. Uh, oh, the, the the bad words on here. You don't have to. You no. Yeah, it. there's it's no fine. censoring on this. It's fine. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, earlier, us three, when we kind of kicked out the intro. Talked about Lucy a little bit, uh, the play last night. And I know you did your Q&A last night, so all this is going to be like regurgitated stuff right. and everything. But right. let's talk about it again. Well, we have um, a cat here, too, so that'll be cool. Yeah, we do. She can, she can put in uh, her two cents, too. Yeah, but so let's just talk about the origin really quick of Lucy and, and where it came from and how... You, I guess, got the – I don't want to say got the nerve to do it because I don't think you've ever been really afraid of anything. (laughs) Um, But uh, let's just talk about the origins of Lucy really quick. Well, we make one film every year, and we just – we make the film to show here, and that's really kind of – excuse me. That's really all that that we're we're shooting for. We've never really sent anything out to other festivals or or kind of ever thought on a larger level. And so – as it gets to be, what I want to say, 
early spring probably. And then I kind of I start thinking about some creepy ideas and things that are a little off the rails or or things that aren't you know a common a common subject or something that uh, that we want to attack and. I don't even know where it stemmed from. I don't know why it popped in my head. but Well, I thought um, it started from fetishes. I, th- I think we had a conversation when you and, and Jeremy were talking. Uh, you guys were exploring like the whole fetishes type thing, and that, that fetish and was, maybe a, that's where was it a darker, yeah, that's was a darker I don't, one. I didn't remember for sure where it came from. But, yeah, somewhere along the lines, rape fantasy had come up. And that's, a, that's a thing. Instantly, when I thought <laughs> rape fantasy <laughs> – when I thought about that, the first thing I thought was, what's the darkest story we could tell about a rape fantasy? And Pay attention, viewers, because this would be the only time you hear the words rape fantasy <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Is that what you're going to title the episode? It rape might be rape fantasy. Rape fantasy at Prairie Lights Film Festival. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, it's okay. And then, so but we didn't do any research. I don't even know if I approached the subject correctly. In my mind, the movie we made is in my mind what a rape fantasy is. And to me, it was pretty cut and dry that it's a person, not necessarily not necessarily a female, but a person who would like to be taken against their will and made love too violently. Ben's deep secrets. Projecting, <laughs> 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 maybe. But the original, uh, the original story was so dark, and I got so excited about it based on uh, what had happened with my film from the year prior. Um, we'd caught so much flack oh for that film. Here we go. Well, I'm not, I won't go into that, but we caught so much flack for that film. I thought, you know what? F those guys. We're going to come back even harder this next time. <laughs> and so we really, we really thought about the darkest areas of rape fantasies. And we traveled down some sort of dark roads putting the story together. And we kind of got freaked out ourselves and thought, that's just too heavy for anything. And let alone this film festival. It's, it's fairly friendly family-wise and... Um, we just decided Thank we shouldn't you. go down that road. So then we have, there are warnings. There's warnings. There's the warnings up. Of the festival yeah. that says after this time, the little kids might need to go home. Sure. We uh, we also did that last year. Yeah. And the moms caused problems yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, we were thinking, you know, how how could we go darker and heavier than killing babies with chainsaws from the year prior? And Spoiler. we took. We really took, we really took some, some dark roads. But anyway, as it got so dark and so heavy as we were talking about it, we decided maybe this is too heavy, and so we thought maybe we could make it a light-hearted comedy, which in itself is 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 tough because now you're mm-hmm. trying to make something so violent and, and kind of horrible. It's funny. It's this tight, and I talked to the uh, the guys about this earlier today. Is that you had to walk this tightrope on. The subject on the subject itself, because if you go too far one way or the other, that's where you're offending someone mm-hmm. or another. It's like you're not taking it seriously enough, or you're mocking, you know, or mm-hmm. you're, right. you're mocking it, uh, and or you're taking it way too seriously. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I felt that you handled that extremely well. That Thanks. you know, the people that I in the crowd that I thought might be offended weren't, mm-hmm. and that really kind of surprised me because because in the moment we started talking rape fantasy, I'm going, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you should have seen me sitting there. I'm just like, oh Jesus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I hadn't seen it yet. No, I but I, yeah. yeah, but I, I thought you kept it even all the way through, and and to your credit, and to your credit as well as as the lead actress on that, I I just felt you handled the material well. Well, our our idea was to keep it keep it tight between a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. You know, rape fantasies can go in a whole lot of different directions where maybe you want a stranger to come get you or, you know, you, you purposely uh, put yourself out there 
in situations where you do get raped to fulfill your fantasy, but it's by a complete stranger or a rapist. And so to keep it sort of, like you said, on that line was it should be her husband then. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question? Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, did you do any like research on rape fantasy before you or like, as you were writing the film, or is this just something like, oh, this is my idea of what rape fantasy is? Did you look up anything like what it is? What I, psychologists say it is or anything? No, like that? I did, we didn't go that deep. I think I had a, enough general knowledge of what a rape fantasy was from whatever avenues or venues I may have. <laughs> ventured into uh, we you, ran, that's another I podcast yeah, it's a completely different a, podcast you know, after dark podcast yeah. so you keep you keep saying the word we so you wrote this with Jeremy Lubash mm-hmm. right well sort of the plan was I was going to write the whole thing yeah. myself and I had this. my story was so dark and heavy and what happens is I usually go to Jeremy because he's my my cinematographer my, my camera guy and he always fucks with my script and changes it all up and adds all these things that he think would thinks would be cool and they always turn out to be great and as we were talking uh, about my story and we started feeling like it was sort of heavy then he started kind of interjecting uh, some thoughts and yeah. ideas this time and, and he it was so many of them just over coffee that I really felt like I needed to give him credit on, on I was just wondering story. how much of it the comedy the comedy in there he brought to it and he took versus did you do more of the darker stuff and he kind of brought the comedy to even it out? Was that no, kind of how it No, I think we both hit the comedy pretty okay. evenly. Cool. Yeah, okay. once we decided we're getting away from the dark, super heavy uh, subject matter and going a funnier, uh, we just kind of started playing off each other with, with what we thought would be funny if somebody said or, or, you know. Yeah. Do you write with people in mind? I did on this particular one. I did. Eric Moira was always going to be the husband. Okay. Katie That's... was always going to be uh, the friend. And originally I had written it thinking it would be uh, Julia. Wow. From. And so talked with her, and yeah, she was out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was going to say, did you get any pushback at all from trying to cast this thing? No. It was like, I don't, I can't do that. Well, nothing, yeah. Nothing, just you, from, nothing you took out, everything was in it. That, well, well nobody, right, because we knew how we were going to write it or how we were going to shoot it was going to be what you saw. I mean, yeah. it was just not going to be a heavy rape scene, and it wasn't going to be super violent and, and things like that. And uh, and then I thought of Kat. I was like, man, that's that's she's perfect for this. Like, I don't know necessarily why we didn't go in that direction in the beginning. And then once the idea came up, we we're just like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. So we got a hold of her right away, and you were on board instantly. Oh, yeah, I was down right away. Like, yeah. So yeah, so I think I think never say no. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think when I had written it Hate originally, and I was, right. <laughs> When I was thinking of Julia in the beginning, I thought, Julia is my friend. I'm going to write this script. I want to put her in something finally that I'm doing. And and then, like I said, you know, she said she was out. And, and then we started brainstorming some things. And, and okay, I just came up in stone. It's like, that's the perfect, literally the perfect person for this role. And it really was. Awesome. Really, really was. Well, I'd, I'd like to talk about Katie's performance a little bit later. But I want to bring Kat into this. And what did you think when you first read the script, when Benito presented it to you? Um, I don't know. I just sound it's a lot different than what I normally do. I haven't never done a dark comedy. It just really I don't know. It, it just intrigued me a great deal on something new and exciting. And I, 
I was just yeah, right. rape fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and, but that kind of brings me to my next question on how comfortable you were throughout the process, and and I'm sure that you helped make her feel very safe in the environment oh, yeah. and stuff oh, like yeah, that. I was never, I never, I was totally fine. Yeah, yeah, it was easy. Yeah, it was, I can I can attest to that. I, yeah. I came on the set that night that they were shooting that <laughs> oh, scene. Sure I was did. actually supposed to be. Well, I was su- originally were supposed, supposed to, to be. be uh, the invader. Yeah. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> everybody I go, hey, everybody goes to Pope Joy for <laughs> home invasion. <laughs> Anytime you need a man on top of like a girl, <laughs> uh, you go, I mean, that would, you were in a film with mine. You were on top of Christina with a knife. Bad heart. Yeah. Well, but, part, yeah. part of Mark being the, uh, the rapist, <coughs> the rapist, the intruder, the invader, the in- they're not invader. zombies. They're yeah. infected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, I love it. That's the punching bag. Is I got you. We're good, man. You can't hurt me. No, but Mark was going to be the invader because part of the original story where it was really going to take a dark turn was we needed somebody with tattoos. And, mm. you know, I know we could get Mark. Mark, of a girl hey, let's tattoos. get, you know, you know, the life commercial. Let's get Mikey. He'll eat anything. Let's get Mark. He'll, he'll Mark kill and rape anything. So, so last year, Mark chainsaw and babies. This year, you're going to have him be a rapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I can tell you that when I came on set that night and met Cap for the, for the first time, I mean, it was very lighthearted and fun yeah. in the room. And we kept it that way through the whole evening and then and then as we as we got into the discussion like this doesn't make sense this heavier you know looking thicker you know invader comes in and then you're gonna right away no like you know we wanted you didn't want to you didn't want to give away if it was a man or a, or a woman mm-hmm. because it turns out to be a woman and, mm-hmm. or i'm giving it away at the end but um, <laughs> so so we decided to it, not put me in that nobody will see in that, that role after yesterday and um, we used uh, we ben, brought, Ben's wife yeah, Megan as Megan. the invader because, and then they they just shot everything close up. Mm-hmm. But as far as the as the set atmosphere, it was very lighthearted mm-hmm. and fun, and and we had a lot of fun that that evening. Yeah, and if we if we did, uh, I think if we would have done the darker version, yeah, it would have been of, a totally different atmosphere. That would have been a little tougher. I'm curious, Cat, if if he had wanted to go with the darker version of what he initially was talking about, would you have still done the role? I don't know if she knows what the darker version is. I don't is. know what the darker version oh, is. Well, but oh, yeah. I might have. That might make us that might make a difference. We might have to go down that rabbit hole later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just might have. I, I can tell you what the, I'll, I'll tell you what the darker version was and it's not a super violent. It's not super violent or anything like that. The original darker version of the story was uh, everything was set up the same as the movie goes on and she's talking to her husband about uh, her rape fantasy. And he agrees but sort of does it sort of like yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, we'll do it. But just blows her off, and uh, when she does get attacked by the intruder, um, he blindfolds her, and he's attacking her, and she thinks that it's her husband the whole time. But um, what the scene was is as she's getting attacked, her blindfold slides up, and as it slides up, she sees that the intruder has tattoos on his arm, which her husband has no tattoos, uh, being from this religious community. And at that point, she had a decision to make. And the decision was to pull the blindfold back down. And oh, okay. And go, go with it. it. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, we thought that was just. So now that you know. Yeah, I would. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I, yep. I mean, you could, like you said, you could have went down a whole mm-hmm. bunch of roads of darkness with, with this subject matter. Mm-hmm. I think coming off of last, year, last year's film, it was probably the right thing to do to yeah. not 
to not do that and maybe go. <laughs> All yeah. dark roads lead to Mark Hope. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, Splitsville Productions has uh, some really violent stuff in its mm-hmm. very first outing. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I mean, it was we've had well, we were in the same situation where we, we had people walk out of. A, a festival that was a horror convention yeah and they literally wow. like people walked out hmm. that was a little more time for the camera right? yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, i think splitsville is probably going to do i'm going to do two next year i'm going to give one of them one of the projects to splitsville because it's really it's pretty bad as all dark roads it's very heavy it's probably the hard not the hardest but probably the darkest film that I've come up with and so I thought who better to do it than Splitsville because that's right up their alley and then we'll do another lighthearted one through yeah. my other production yeah, which company which is weird because if the film that we decide maybe gets off the ground next year it's going to be the darkest thing that I've ever done yeah it's pretty, sure. pretty dark but it, it is for so sure. well written don't spoil it I won't not a word <laughs> mum's the word now uh, the other people in the movie uh, we've got Eric Moyer we all know that he's a film whore uh, oh, dang yeah, he was just in in uh, um, that film I just went upstairs to yeah. watch. Uh, we had a we kind of had a running joke going on that we were going to do the more your drinking game at Prairie Lights this year, and that anytime, oh, yeah, anytime Moyer walked on screen, dying, by the way, so just, yeah. <laughs> don't have a no one cares. Everyone's just like we had more questions, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had this this idea of doing a drinking game that anytime Moyer came onto the screen that we would take a drink, and then we decided we just did not want to die from. Alcohol poisoning. Well, we even last night the conversation came up that there'd be the lifetime achievement award for yeah. Moyer. At, yeah, we're like, yeah, let's do a lifetime grand achievement. Okay, you talked about just doing a retrospect and putting all of his clips from every single movie he's been in. I mean, yeah. that'd still be a, you know, a feature that's film. A that'd, be all, yeah, yeah. that'd be all of yeah, yeah. Saturday. Um, put put the other person on Sunday. That's where he deserves it. Put him on Sunday. But the other person, Katie Otten, could you talk about her just a little bit? She's super fun. I think Kat and I think really oh, enjoyed yeah, working with awesome. her. The two of them worked, <coughs> the two of them um, working off each other in the film was so fun for us to be on set and see. There were, there were little bits that she had every once in a while that just made me pee. The whole hand to the mouth thing, yeah, so all amazing. that stuff yeah, was just yeah. really and the, and clever. The, and looking up, oh, looking, <laughs> looking, looking for God. <laughs> how, much, how much is that of, of that is them and how much is that? You, did you have that? We had written, written all that. Okay. Yeah, we had yeah. written all that. But okay. she pulled it off perfectly. Yeah. Just yeah. perfectly. Yeah. I, was, I really like when she stares off into space as she's hearing. Yeah. You can tell she's thinking. Tell the story she's about She's thinking about it. Like, big time. <laughs> and, and really like uh, – because I told Benito this last night. There, when when the, the scene starts happening, I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Because I thought the, I thought this thing was going to end completely different. Like I wasn't expecting the end, which I was pleasantly surprised by. And I told Benito, like you know, last year I was like, I didn't like your film at all. But this year I was like, I really liked the film. Yeah, it was great. Um, and but it hit home for me even more because I've worked with Katie before. Yeah. Katie is. She literally says. I'm sorry. Thank you. After every mm-hmm. sentence she says, I mean, she is like literally the nicest person I've ever met in my life. I was not expecting that at all. And I was like, <laughs> what? Nice. And I was like, wow, that worked. Yeah, perfect casting, perfect casting all around. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. what really, I think nailed this film, uh, no pun intended or anything, <laughs> um, was just the perfect casting and all of it working. Cause if you would have had, 
uh, a less talented cast, or if you would have miscast even one of those yep. roles, the whole thing would have it would have fell apart. One hundred percent. What was funny about her too is that even though you find out, spoiler alert, even though you find out that she is the rapist, she was still the sweetest rapist. She took the oh, time. Yeah. She took the time. She's washing. She's washing all the stuff. Yeah. She's washing her Making strap sure on. Yeah. She has her little fifties dress on. And yeah. all. Oh, by the way, was that the same dress that Megan yeah. wears? That's okay. See, yeah, it it's a dress. Is from it the same? Is it the shared universe? Is that what this is? Maybe universe of Benito Garcia. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she was the amazing. BCU. Awesome. Now, were you super uh, collaborative with actors and everything too? Because you said when you were talking yesterday, you said. That uh, line Moyer has about let's get tattoos. He had like fifteen different mm-hmm. variations of it. <laughs> he cut the best one. <laughs> we there were so many. We probably yeah. did. Oh, we probably did fifteen, and there finally we're just like we <laughs> we have to stop. But instead of saying uh, at the end when he says, you know, I have a wild side, and I think we should get matching tattoos, we just look, cut him loose and just let him come up with whatever the most one of them was. We should cash in all of our retirement money and. Buy an RV and go RV, and then it was just every possible scenario to try to show his wild side, which was the most the most vanilla, <laughs> most vanilla wild side on the on the planet. But he had come to me and he said, "How do you want me to play this uh, particular character?" And I knew, I knew that whatever I told him wouldn't be right, knowing Eric. So I just said, "You just." Do what you think is going to be right for this character. And I had all the faith in the world that he would nail it. I just didn't want the responsibility of screwing up the movie by telling him what I thought it should be. And he did. He came to the to film and uh, came to set and was ready and prepared with this character. And we just died the whole the whole time we were shooting that. Yeah. Eric Moyer. <laughs> the Moyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah more? super fun. No, that, that's my question yeah. so far. Yeah, you got any more? Yeah, Greg, you've been awfully silent. Oh, I guess you don't have a microphone. Oh, shit. Lean in there. Bogart in the mic over here. Good I lord. Think, I didn't realize that you didn't have I think we've got the biggest uh, biggest <laughs> guest setting that the Midnight Friday cast has ever had. Yes. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because we're out of microphones. That's well, no, there's still one more microphone, but we're out of. We're, we're out of. Yeah, I don't have any more splitters. I can't. <laughs> so I can hook up a mic. It just won't be. It just up. So, um, no, I really don't have any any questions at all. I, I'm just kind of sitting back and enjoying listening to all these stories. This is probably my favorite part of uh, of Prairie Lights is listening to how the stories are getting mm-hmm. made. And um, yeah, your your short last night was probably one of the most favorite I've ever seen here. No, oh, it's great. Thank um, you very much. I. <laughs> I uh, I sat my wife or my wife was in the the crowd last night and she remembered uh, Down Under from last year mm-hmm. and I leaned over to her and I was like all right this is the, this is the the crazy one from last year <laughs> same guy <laughs> I don't know what this is about so be prepared for anything uh-huh. and she was laughing the entire time yeah so um, just, like I said I just highly praise everything that you've done oh thank here. you here I absolutely love uh, nice. your your talent and. Um, just how you come up with your stories and the the twist that you put on your stories is just absolutely phenomenal. That's my favorite so, thing. Is at the very end, I give you I give you this great story, and at the end, I want to slap you in the face somehow. Exactly. And I and I, it was more subtle this time. Well, maybe it wasn't subtle. But <laughs> it was not subtle. But, like we could have we could have easily stopped when when she's doing the dishes and she pulls that ball gag out. That could have been the end. But you know, we had to go that one extra little bit. And my Amazon order that particular. Uh, Order was crazy. It was a ball gag, a, a dildo, the strap on the strap on mechanism the dildo goes in. We ordered a black ski mask, 
Oh no. Uh, so you're going to be gloves. on the watch list. Yeah. Gloves. <laughs> gloves. But the funniest part of that whole order that I put in, there was also a gold cross necklace. So it was this whole big order of all this nice. crazy shit. And then and a gold, gold cross, cross. necklace that came. But actually, what most people miss in that film is she's wearing little red ball. <laughs> Oh, I did not know the film. That was just a little thing for us. We were thinking, you know, the ball gag is a bright red ball, and we gave her a little ball earring. (laughs) Nice. Nice touch. Anything else, guys? Yeah, hats off, Benito. I I, I enjoyed that that film so much. The first time, I mean, we were laughing on set when I was there, and and then when when you showed it to me uh, when you were editing it, uh, I was like, this is... This is this is good. This is good stuff. I did give my wife that same warning that Greg gave his. Oh, I thought you said you like, gave your, your wife that same gift from Amazon. That, my, well, we 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 created our order last night. Um, I did give her the same warning because I was just like, uh, just Ben's coming next, and she's like, so I just gave her that second to get up and yeah. dart, but she didn't, and she uh, she was she sat through this one. Yeah, I think you can't automatically year, assume I think last it's year. Be. That, you know. She got up and was like, I don't know if I can do this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's real quick, uh, before we wrap up here, go down the line and kind of talk about what's going on next with you guys. Yeah. All right. So um, right now we're we're in <coughs> post-production on uh, Matt. I'm not talking about um, that. You have nothing to do with the post-production. That's me. I'm, I'm Save that for me. Okay, don't talk. Man, don't sorry. take all my shit. I was just going to say Matt is working on... <laughs> Editing, uh, you know, the chills down your spines anthology shoot. Um, we didn't quite get to finish the uh, the entire film over the summer. We kind of had some weather issues, but um, some funny stories in that for for another I'm podcast. Godlike, but I'm not God. I could not yeah. keep the rain away. Um, we finished filming uh, uh, a comedy sci-fi spoof, um, Return of the Robo Mummy from Outer Space, yep. Part 7. Star- starring that. Eric Moyer, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i got to build up my tolerance for next year, is oh, what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, next year too, yeah. for, for Robo Mummy, um, I've seen a lot of Eric Moyer performances. And I think, without a doubt, this is the apex of Moyer performances. What he does as President Gruff uh, in this is is life changing. You got you got every everything he says. You're going to be just laughing your ass off because. So at this point, you should probably retire. He probably yeah. just, just, just <laughs> all downhill after. Yeah, I'm starting to think we should change the name to Prairie Lights. Eric Moyer's. Yeah. Presents. No. <laughs> Something we need to put Eric his name. Eric Moyer presents. Play like there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Featuring films by Eric. <laughs> and uh, with the Splitsville Productions, we're filming a short film called Hell, um, the weekend before Halloween. I don't know when this when this podcast is going to air, but that's going to we're going to film that the weekend before Halloween. It'll come out before that. Yeah, yeah. So um, that short should be good. Uh, Nate Colomb wrote it um, I think he'll be directing it and you know I think uh, Wet Works will be mm-hmm. on set and for that one as well working hard right now yeah so I'm, I'm excited about that and there's uh, just a bunch of stuff coming down the line I mean I uh, I was lead lead detective in a role called Stab 3 over the summer okay. I don't know when I exactly I, I don't know exactly that. when Kevin Beacom is going to be done editing that but that, that took place over the summer. So um, 
just looking forward to finishing this coming year. The chills down your spine, and and I'm looking for. Uh, I'm I'm in search of that golden egg of distribution for shivers down your spine and and the chills down your spine um, anthologies, and uh, hopefully land that golden egg to get the the third installment done. And then I have a web series idea to spin off of it. Cool, awesome, Matt. All right, uh, hold on. You got, got fifteen minutes, right? Still more oh. fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, see, I miss podcasting. I, I miss podcasting. Um, like just to sort of piggyback off what Mark said. Um, this fall into the winter, um, DJ and I every Monday night, seven thirty on Google Hangouts. Anyone's willing to join and just hang out and comment on the crap we're doing. Um, that we're finishing chills down your spine everything that we've shot uh, two of the films were rained out unfortunately including the western that we had planned to film but we're going to shoot those in the spring hopefully uh, to finish out chills down your spine um mark mentioned the distribution angle actually got an offer we won't go into the details but we got an offer um uh, for shivers down your spine but uh we're playing the field we're gonna table that we're going to see we're going to see what some of our options are and in the meantime uh, we had had planned to spend next year convention hopping, like to go to a ton. And as Josh can probably attest, um, DJ and I's pitch skills are are on point. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we can we can sell we can move product. Let's just say that because mm-hmm. I don't know if your listeners can sell. I like to talk. It's uh, it's it's. I don't think curse. you're necessarily convincing them it's a good film either. I think you're just no, pounding them till they finally just buy it so yeah, they can get yeah, away from it. Down. Wear them down. Wear them down. <laughs> Always be closing. Coffee is for closers. Coffee is for closers. Um, so <laughs> what, I, what I told Mark that I would do, and you guys are well aware of my hatred for Isabel. Uh, it's a movie I made. Absolutely despise it. It's screened once here at the Prairie Lights Film Festival. I did that. It just played beca- really well. It's, too. An, it's an amazing movie. I yeah. did that just because I, I felt – I mean, I had to show it to people. Like, well, you so owed it to the to I the did. actors and the crew that, I did. that put all their time into it. And then I then I shelved it. Um, and and Mark, we miss having it unshelved. It's it's unshelved. <laughs> no, well, let's 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 back up the boat. Let's You're not me. having it unshelved. I am volunteering. Yeah, unshelved, yeah, unshelved yeah. Disney's open. Well, I've been the, bugging uh, you pretty vault. heavy. Over, <laughs> yeah, Matt's opening the vault here. But, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm spending this winter putting it out on Blu-ray. So I'm currently working on all of the. Uh, bonus features, deleted scenes. I mean, we have we have stuff that Mark didn't even know we shot. I just told him about it last night. Yeah, well, I came like, on that production. Andrew Erickson through. was in Isabel. Does anybody know that? No. There you go. I mean, I have footage <laughs> for days. Um, so I'm digging all that stuff out of the vault and uh, going to put it out on Blu-ray. And when we're going to spend most of next year convention hopping. And I'll be printing 500 Blu-rays of Isabel, 500 Blu-rays of Shivers. We sell all those at 20 bucks a pop. That's 20 grand. Um, and that will hopefully fund uh, something else. That well, will... it'll finish chills down your spine. Yeah, for sure. It'll help pay back some of the producers that so generously gave towards the production of chills over the summer. And then uh, and then we can hopefully take what's left of that um, and, and film. put that into the next. And film Bring Me the Head of Benito Garcia. That's in uh, Ting- that's for Tingles. Tingles that's Tingles down, Tingles, down Tingles, down Tingles down your spine, um, which is the the trilogy. It finishes out the trilogy. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're we'll working on. In the meantime, I'll be finishing Robo Mummy, which is a feature in and of itself. So by the time next year rolls around, we're going to have Shivers, Chills, Robo Mummy, and possibly another another feature. So 
My uh, my schedule is pretty packed. Yeah, for not wanting to make films anymore. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Two so, years ago. And that's the funny thing. Is I'm just like, you know, my fiance every day, she's like, I thought you retired. We talked about this, <laughs> we talked about this last night. I thought we you We tried were to done. figure out how he got back. How he got roped back into to making this? Yeah, and when I was when I was helping out with uh, before the compound doing the edit edit that day, and my fiance sitting there, she's like, "Why are you doing this?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Why? You're supposed to be retired, and now you're helping another person do their movie." I'm like, "He's my friend, and I'm gonna help him out." <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I got you in trouble. I didn't no, you, you didn't get me trouble. in trouble. Uh, it was just kind of she's like, "Why? Are you, why do you keep doing this?" I'm like, "I don't know." But yeah, so that's my that's that's what I'm doing. Benito, hmm. you got uh, well, like Mark said, we're working on we're in pre production for the short hill. Um, it's quite a bit of fun stuff for that one. It's not a lot of blood and guts, no. so it's nice to kind of get away from that sometimes and do more creature creation. So super excited well, about that. Do, I want to do creature creation so bad. And we've got uh, I've got a couple of meetings coming up in the next well one meeting next week and then uh, another one after that for some films that are. I think we're going to shoot those in the spring, but uh, getting a hold of us early so that we can start to plan things out and get budgets together and, and do those type of things. So there's that. But generally, uh, it's nice because most people aren't filming in you know fall through uh, late winter, or early spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. It gives me a chance to. I love to paint. I love to sculpt, and it really gives me gives me a chance to to get my hands on those things that I. Not that I enjoy. I don't enjoy the other stuff. Of course, I do. But these are things that are for me and not for you know someone else's project. So yeah, just kind of take the winter and enjoy it. Awesome, Kat. You got anything? You got any? You I have a couple of projects that I'm working on. I'm uh, there's a film in Sioux City that I've been working on. It's a full feature film, um, Haunted Cries. It's um, with sex trafficking. Is kind of what okay. That I'm starting to see a thing. <laughs> oh, that one's pretty brutal. I that was I actually got angry because <laughs> of the. It's a pretty violent. It is violent. Um, it's yeah. I get horribly. I mean, I get murdered. And it's quite awful. Um, and then the other one is this one. We haven't done anything yet. It's a short. Um, I have to go to Iowa in November. Um, it's Elden Quest, and so I play the part kind of like a witchy, creepy girl. Oh, uh, that's um, Michael uh, Bergman. Michael Bergman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. So I've done one other short with him. Um, I'm a Bagman. Did that and. Yeah, he's a pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, cool. Awesome to work with. So. Yeah, I hope we see Marquette in the future. Yeah, yeah. and hopefully, yeah. like, I mean, well, guys, she's very good. Now, I now that down for, I'd say now that we've met her, you're yeah. definitely on our radar yeah. for when yeah. we're producing our films as well. Yeah. So Absolutely. they say that that I've been on their radar for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, once once you work with Poe, <laughs> we've worked together. <laughs> but but she's a woman. I know. And you're a weird, creepy rapist guy. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'll Mark. The that. next, the next time we that. need a weird, creepy, rapey I'll guy, you <laughs> we'll be the first. We will be the first person we call. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Well, that I, means I a lot. Oh, I'll go. One, go one final thing, uh, just to, to plug Prairie Lights um, for your listeners out there who might be local filmmakers and whatnot. I'm sure by the time you this podcast airs, uh, the Film Freeway page is open for submissions for next year. Um, Don't so, wait. Yeah, don't wait because once again this year we had a filmmaker. Like, and we had to have time to make the thing. The last yeah, day. Yeah. I literally was like, we're done. And they're like, well, here's my movie. I'm like, sorry. You I had spoke. a year to put this mm-hmm. in. So be sure to check that out. Um, once again, huge thanks to all the films, uh, filmmakers, um, you guys for putting in all the hard work. I'm putting up with my horrible jokes about all of you. Um, uh, it's been great. 
Uh, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next year because I think next year there's a there's a lot of stuff. You're, you're gonna you're gonna see multiple feature films and all sorts of interesting things that yeah. are coming. So I'm actually more excited about next year's Prairie Lights just because I know what's being made. And yeah, going to a lot of good cool. stuff being made right now. Yeah, That's awesome. Are you cool. planning to do both films for Prairie Lights next year or just? Uh, well, my the one that I'm going to shoot myself, I know for a fact, will be my Prairie Lights submission. This other one, I came to uh, Splitsville with this horrible little film idea. They're super busy. So my film, I... 100% expect to be put on the back burner. So I don't know that it will be... Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, I... I probably shouldn't take up two spots with so many people wanting to submit films, but um, <clears throat> it's kind of up to their shooting schedule and how, sure. how their time frame is on putting it together. Gotcha. So. Cool. Well, thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks for having us. Yeah. I guess we're, we'll, be, we'll be back with the next group of people. Will Maddie be back? No. I'm very disappointed. She's not this no. weekend. I can't this give weekend. Maddie no. shit. No. Yeah. When I need to. Come on in Lincoln and get mad at shit. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Alright, let's take take a break. break. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Midnight Frightcast. Uh we are back with two new guests. Um Tom Noblock, I'm going to fuck your names up. I'm just going to be really honest with you. Tom Noblock, correct? No block. Fair no block. block. See, I told you. I screwed up. See, kind of like the Huskers offense. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, too soon? Too ben Matukowitz. Wow, you got that perfect, actually. Boom <laughs> on. Wow. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Tom. That's I, okay. I, I practiced, too. You're I close. Really fucked it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you guys just screened Green on Green. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, uh, what I wanted to, to to hit on really quick before we talk about the the movie was your experience for the first year being a part of the Prairie Lakes mm-hmm. team, I guess production side, production side, yeah, yeah. Um, and your experience and how you got involved and how kind of yeah, just your experience being on this side uh, this year. I mean, so far we've loved it. Basically, how we got involved was last year. What, how many was that our third film last year? Yes. Okay, so basically we felt like we had three experiences uh, under our belts and kind of felt like there was something we could offer because uh, we I mean we love coming here every year. There's so many cool people, but you know we kind of started to think how could we get involved? How could we, you know, because we would kind of come here and see our films and hang out and then kind of go home. And so we we thought you know how do we get more involved with people? How do we meet more people um, and contribute a little bit to the event? Um, so we talked uh, to Matt last year about maybe getting involved. And the timing didn't quite work out last year because we had something premiering that first night. So we are kind of focused on promoting that. So then, you know, I came on to help as a media coordinator. Um, my background is in branding and social media management and event planning and stuff like that. So I, you know, volunteered to help out with some of the branding and the social media. And it kind of turned out that, you know, Matt was looking for that to be revamped anyway mm-hmm. um so i was very happy to help out with that um and then tom and i with exarban creative have a little bit of experience sort of on the on the event planning side so that's kind of how tom got involved wanting to sort of get involved with filmmaker q a's and stuff like that well i've had some experience even going back to college doing interviews mm-hmm. and so i like to do the q a's especially after things i've done that for a few local premieres just in omaha and so it seemed like something that we could handle. And so if there was an opening for it, we'd be good for it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it just happened to basically play to our strengths, I guess, for what they were looking for this year. And so then we were able to sort of jump on and 
see what else we can do. Yeah, so you because you got involved pretty late, right, Tom? Yes. As far as they needed a, a MC, I guess. Well, right. I had offered. I'd asked to do it like six months ago, oh, and okay. then they kind of said, eh, "I don't know, you know, maybe we'll see." Yeah, yeah. And then, like three weeks ago, they said, "Hey, actually, uh, yeah, why don't you just do it?" And yeah, so, that's cool. See, so, and, yeah. and like Matt had said, I think it was more about Pope, Pope Joy just not wanting to do like, anything anymore. Down, so, yeah. so the more you guys yeah. took over, he was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, you can take that. You can take that." You yeah, take yeah. That. yeah. And now we know that Mark does absolutely nothing at Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so doing that, and then uh, your own. Films, you guys got pretty busy this weekend. I had a question going and I forgot my fucking question. It's really great. Feel free to jump on that mic and and, and make it hot, Patrick. Please. (laughs) No, no. Um, You had mentioned Exarbon Creative. Now, that's something fairly new. So talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, that's that's basically the revamp of what we tried to do originally. So, I mean, as you guys probably remember, we used to be under Fathers in Productions, Mm -hmm. which was a very goofy name for a production company. <laughs> and it was kind of just that, you know, goofing around and making movies and see if we could do it. Ben stopped calling me dad in public. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Based on an inside joke that no longer was relevant. It was time to move on. Yeah. Um, but what we kind of realized was that uh, we had not only, uh, you know, some skills and different things, but people that were interested in doing things beyond just, um, you know, making feature-length films. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people who wanted to make short films but didn't really know how to do that and we mm-hmm. knew we could help out people including Tom who who have a passion for podcasting which obviously you guys know how that goes if if you don't have the equipment or you don't know how to do a podcast that can be kind of difficult so to be fair when we started, we had no idea how to do any of this stuff. We right, just happened right. to get some equipment. And so right. it's just like, well, we can put other people in that position. Yeah, basically, right. we decided why not help people. There wasn't really somebody to help us learn all this kind of stuff. So we said, why not be that opportunity for people. And I mean, there's a number of different things we do beyond just this movies and podcasts. I'd say our, our goal right now is kind of to promote creativity in Omaha and, and in Nebraska. Something like the Prairie Lights Film Festival is a beautiful example of what that mm-hmm. looks like. To be fair, we have the equipment. We just don't know how to podcast. <laughs> I think that's how podcasts work. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I'm, you know, go ahead and do a plug for for, Nebra- uh, for Exarbon Creative. Then, if someone wants to reach out to you looking for some help, where do they go? ExarbonCreative.com. Easy enough. You can um, email either Tom or Ben at Exarbon mm-hmm. Creative. We're on all the social media stuff, too. I, I mean, next week we'll be posting some information about upcoming projects. Looking for crew members, looking for... Actors, uh, we'll have a couple different roles that will eventually need to be cast. But yeah, at exarbingcreative.com, if you go to the portfolio section on there, you'll see all the all the things we've been involved in lately. I mean, we also do like social media services for people mm-hmm. and branding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And uh, I come from a advertising background mm-hmm. with branding and stuff like that, and I really appreciate the work that you did for Prairie oh, Lights this year because yeah. it really was much more visible out in that. social media and everything else. And, and with the color rebranding, what yeah. you were doing with you know like the different blocks, different mm-hmm. colors, different things like that, I just thought that was pretty smart. So yeah, uh, that, was, that was something that again, you know, Matt had said we really don't have a strong brand or social mm-hmm. media presence, and my my only goal is to make something that was consistent and solid. Right. And so. Um, I, I do have to point out that the um, ingenious corn laurels the there, corn were, they're not my idea. I improved <laughs> that from the previous logo. But yeah, what I was really trying to do was, especially with those colors, was was make sure that we had some visibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hope that worked out. Yeah. The other cool thing you brought in this year that was new was uh, offering out media passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was going to give everybody uh, more of a, a presence to talk to 
you know, podcasters or right, right. people that interview for um, YouTube or whatever else to come in and, and talk to filmmakers and, and get that out there. So that was kind of a, a kind of a cool idea to bring mm-hmm. in this year also. That was actually an idea that Tom had, and then we kind of developed that together because, um, you know, having gone to not only this festival for several years, but having uh, film premieres in Omaha, you kind of realize that there are people out there who want to report on things or talk about things but maybe don't have those opportunities so at our last film premiere we had some people come in and and review the film i know greg reviewed the film for Mm us basically i mean there's people out there who want to do that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so tom had the great idea that you know why not make that something really easy for people to just get a media pass and come in and cover the event yeah because people might not know that there's even a desire for it and so Mm -hmm. just making that explicit seemed like that might be the step in the right direction at least to just increase visibility for everybody so mark popejoy just joined just sat back in i'm back (laughs) yeah get enough of it he must he must have felt his ears burning from the comments earlier (laughs) so uh now uh, this this weekend's not even yet over we still have about half of the festival to go yet still but do you already have plans and intentions for next year for 2019 on how to even help build it further or is that like a we're going to we're going to sit down we're going to have a post-mortem and yeah. uh, we're going to yeah. see what worked what didn't and yeah. move forward the main there. discussion of the of the weekend is is going forward how do we how do we get more mm-hmm. um, right uh, attention you know? yeah right yeah because yeah. it's interesting we've seen more filmmakers but we haven't necessarily yeah. seen more attendees mm-hmm. even you right. know it's even a struggle to get the actors that are in these right. films to come and see these things <clears throat> or even retain them to sit through other people's films oh, yeah. there's yeah. a, a big issue right there it yeah. is a huge issue you know yeah. they come out for their film and then mm-hmm. they leave yeah. Yeah. yeah we can't even get actors to go to our own premieres so. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah. you know yeah. no i think there's something to be said for trying i mean my personal opinion, having been a guest for the first three years, was that, you know, this is such a solid event. It's so well planned out. And I just don't know if it's that people don't know about it mm-hmm. or if it's that they don't understand how, I guess, easygoing it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are a little bit intimidated by it. And so I think, I mean, Mark's right. I think the the discussion that needs to take place is how do we, how do we increase attendance, um, but also how do we not... I guess intimidate people by right. doing that. Well, know? and it, and it's also slightly it's a slightly different animal than other film festivals mm-hmm. because well one the whole uh, no fee entry type thing right. and then uh, specifically that you're focusing on Nebraska filmmakers but then like you had said it's that you know that free will feeling that you, while you're here mm-hmm. it's like people aren't used to that so it's like what is this what right, is this right. so and that's I mean. You know, to be fair, there's there's a lot of opportunities built in that we advertise, you know, with the, the mixers and the uh, after parties and stuff. But I think if people don't know that the whole festival is kind of like that, yeah, mm-hmm. they can be a little bit afraid to get involved. I know the first year that we came here, it was kind of intimidating because there's all these filmmakers and you almost wonder, you know, are they going to laugh at me or you know, think yeah. I don't know, don't yeah. know what I'm doing, but it's not that at all. No, it's I mean, it's literally the exact opposite. It's, it's literally supportive. to promote filmmaking. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't know if there's a way to get a hold of people that are aspiring filmmakers mm-hmm. that have never jumped in and pulled the trigger on a film yet because they don't know how to get started and offer yeah. something here to get those uh, aspiring filmmakers here to talk to people that have oh, gone through it yeah. and can point them in a direction to get them going. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. then that just furthers pool here also as far as filmmakers go well, you know what tom had pointed out earlier is but there are a lot of submissions from college students this year mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i know is something in the past they'd hope for more of so i think that's 
I think it's going the right direction, but yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, we especially were looking at a, a college block yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. last yeah. year, but we yeah. didn't get the participation. Yeah, yeah. This, this year you definitely had enough for a college block, though, yeah. I think. And what's cool about that is if you get them when they're coming out of the universities and stuff like that, then they're going to continue being Nebraska mm-hmm. filmmakers right. after exactly. that. You know? So you've always got that. It, 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 I think it'd be really nice to get that point where you've got so many entries that you kind of got to turn yeah. some away, you know, yeah, that kind of thing, goal, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I know, we'd, you know, like we've had a ton for this uh, one this year and just it's great to see it growing. I think yeah, one so. of the one of the discussions I had with Matt and and I don't know if, if you heard anything on this. We had talked about maybe doing a, a live webcast mm-hmm. at, of, of of one of the days or nights yeah. of one mm. of the blocks. And we don't know like webcasts like we're talking about maybe to one of the theaters in Omaha mm-hmm. and yeah. having it, and having a live televised you know day and and I mean even even the podcast you know um, Friday nights could could be yeah. on that as part of it you yeah. know discussing having discussions with filmmakers and and what they feel about it and how they feel how easy going it is yeah. here yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and and you know let's face it I mean a lot of these filmmakers are, are new and out of the gate and made one two maybe three films mm-hmm. their whole entire life yeah. and, and some may never do it again and some may yeah. but if, if you if you have an avenue to show like Omaha folks and Lincoln folks hey look wow I mean that's totally not what we were thinking <laughs> that is you yeah. know what I yeah. mean so yeah. it's and, and, I, and I say it from stage every time Man, just go talk to these filmmakers yeah. where everybody's so approachable. It's a safe place. Mm-hmm. I will. I mean, yeah. I will talk your ear yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was pushing for Ben even just it's to true. start live streaming the Q and A's. Just put those up yeah. on Facebook, which he started doing today. Uh, and that seems like it's getting some response at least, and it helps people mm-hmm. just get a sense of like, yeah. what's it actually like there. I mean, mm-hmm. what are yeah. you getting into? Mm-hmm. Are you are you doing the the live the live the Facebook feed? live? Yeah, I did a Facebook live yeah. for the panel. At one o'clock, the woman filmmaker panel. That was How'd that go? Cool. Um, How'd it go? That was yeah. beautiful. Um, I mean, I guess Tom could talk more about that. He was up there. Yeah. I mean, well, how did my job was to not talk? Yeah. What was the response on? What was the response on Facebook? I mean, how? Um, I'll have to check again in a, in a bit. But before I'd gone back into the theater, I mean, there were people watching and, and replying. And I, I mean, that's really the point is that's to awesome. have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. I think that's, See, that's awesome. kind of what, I, what I'm talking about here is, is you know, yeah. that's like, that was a great that's idea. That's kind of a test run, yeah, of, sure. of, to see mm-hmm. if there's a market. And you get a lot more uh, people that will catch that later. Later. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The, they'll go, oh, yeah. You know, the, the folks that attend the Omaha Film Festival will go, oh, wait, whoa. Uh, a woman's block of filmmakers, yeah. what? From Prairie yeah. Lights, yeah. what's this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what we'd love to do is get to the point where we have. Because obviously, you know, that's just on my phone live. But what we'd love to do is get to the point where that's built into the to the festivals where we have like sound equipment and, and something recording live for people, mm-hmm. even if it's just, you know, on a laptop or something, but something so that it's an expected part of the festival. So sure. there will be this um, this conversation or this panel sort of maybe one per year. That's kind of something like that, because, again, that's that ties into not only getting people involved, but saying that, you know, this is really a. a low-key, you know, opportunity to kind of just communicate about what's going on. So, you know, some people have stage fright going up there, um, but it's really not, you know, intimidating. It's sitting there having a conversation about filmmaking. I mean, the one that you just did with Tom, Mark, you were, I mean, as a filmmaker, you knew how to relate. And so that's kind of the point is we're all filmmakers here. We're all, you know, in the same boat. And so Mm -hmm. there's there's no reason to be There's the same obstacles. Right. There's the same same discussions at, at every 
filmmaking groups table mm-hmm. you know yeah. how, how do we how do we get around this obstacle mm-hmm. to start and then and then it's just get to the location and and sh- plow through it as it comes yeah yep. and so that facebook live thing too those people on that panel will see that and they'll share that on their page mm-hmm. and then it's just like it's just, it should just branch off and you should hit spread like a lot tons of people yeah, that's the hope mm-hmm. you know so that's an awesome idea yeah that facebook live thing so back Which to Tom. Should, Tom, how, right how was how was the the um, up there with the with the women's block um, of interviews? Was it? I thought it went pretty well. Yeah, right. I thought there was good engagement. Um, it was almost something where I've always thought it might be fun for something like that, where there's just so much to talk about, and the filmmakers have so much to talk about. If it's even like a longer form panel discussion, where like you could even like Dorothy could run that and just talk about it and say whatever she has on her mind for an hour, probably, mm-hmm. and everyone just bouncing off of that. I thought it was a good start, at least just kind of see how how do we incorporate something like that into Prairie Lights. And hopefully that was interesting for the people just there to see something that's maybe a discussion that you don't get when you're just talking about the individual movie. Like, how is each individual movie made? Obviously, we do want to know that. But then, like, what are people taking away from the filmmaking community, the experience and their place in it? I thought was an interesting avenue to also go into. Speaking of taking away, what with with, you know, we just watched Green on Green, which uh, you you directed Um, what was the takeaway that you were helping people got from that? I didn't ask that from stage, but that's kind of a good question. Well, I mean, I don't have that specific of anything. I would hope that they felt something watching it, whether it's just that they laughed, whether they were moved by it. I mean, whatever that might be. They're like Um, caterpillars. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The caterpillar was cool. That was worth 89 minutes to get to that. Uh, Yeah. But whatever, whatever they take away, as long as it's not like, I absolutely hated that. That was a waste of my life. That's, you know, I hope they don't feel that way. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, whatever. So sure. Mark kind of already segued us yeah, into the next working. section. Yeah. So uh, it's obvious you guys are very passionate about Prairie Lights Film Festival and filmmakers and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's, awesome, uh, it's also anyways. very obvious that you're passionate about filmmaking. And the reason that you're really here is to show your film Green on Green. So tell us about the, tell us about the film. So Green on Green, it's a comedy about basically epiphany hunting. The idea that like if I want to, first of all, turn my life into like a narrative that I can sell, I need to have some kind of epiphany or takeaway or insight in the human condition they talk about. And so it's sort of just that writing process. I think anytime somebody makes something is they Mm -hmm. feel like I have to, first of all, like mind my own psychology, come up with like what's the profound thing that I'm feeling and then how do I turn that into something I can sell? And so the movie's about that, but then it's like a weird Moby Dick adaptation mixed with that idea. And so. I was saying during the Q&A with Mark, but basically it's like, how do you make Moby Dick with no money and in Nebraska? Uh, so <laughs> somehow I got to a, the caterpillar hunt and the idea of like a caterpillar is like, you know, I knew it wouldn't be hard to work with a caterpillar the way like any, even any other animal might be as our whale substitute. Um, and so then you also get just like the metaphor of metamorphosis from a caterpillar. And so like. It became more of like a meta story with the Moby Dick adaptation, but we still were able to get just the two central conflicts. So it's like Camille, our main character, is searching for something sort of like intangible that's like an epiphany. How do you hunt for an epiphany is interesting, mm-hmm. mixed with the actual hunt for a caterpillar, which is just this goofy, tangible hunt. And so that juxtaposition is kind of what forms the story. So uh, my, my question off of that is how do you – like where does this come from? Where do you get this idea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that is – that's deep. 
Well, it was just, I mean, I'd read Moby Dick years ago, and it just always stuck with me, mm-hmm. and particularly the fact that while you have the whale hunt, you also have Ishmael, the main character, who's mm-hmm. basically the dramatic arc of one person trying to decide, should I kill myself or not, is very interesting. And so that's really heavy. I thought, maybe I don't want to explicitly deal with that, but using that as a driving force for trying to feel something and get out of yourself sure. and find some meaning, and then there's just like... That with the the idea that if I'm already searching for that, that's kind of contrived. So we can kind of make a comedy about how making any narrative is just contriving your life and, the, and pushing it into something that maybe it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of like introspection, knowing our limits with what we can do kind of means like I know we can film people talking. I right. know we can film like people in class and kind of like running around. So it's like, OK, what how can I combine all of those things into something that hopefully is a satisfying narrative? But yeah, I try to like when I'm writing a movie, it's kind of like what's everything that I'm that's going on in my head? How can mm-hmm. I like push as much of that into there as I can? Sure, sure. Huh. And there was a, a, a trip scene too. There was a psychedelic. <laughs> Mark, trip Mark, scene. We, we, like we were talking about that yeah, earlier. Yeah, <laughs> one of my absolute favorite parts of that film. <laughs> I love that it's it, you don't see it coming at all. No, no, no not at all. No, <laughs> you know what? And I'm going to be completely honest. When when that started, when he pulls out that little thing, I'm like, oh, what, what's, what's this? Is this a gummy? And then no, no, it's, 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 it looks like a, a drop of acid here. An acid hit. Let's see what how, how does this how's this going to go? And I immediately thought. Mandy. If anybody has seen Mandy, like that is one acid trip ride. It's on my like I was show. like, oh, yeah. where are we going with this? <laughs> not, um, not as crazy as Mandy. Yeah, no, no, obviously yeah. not. <laughs> uh, Greg and I were having questions about like you know, let's take this from conception to to premiering and stuff like that. And one thing I noticed was uh, like with the movie you brought last year, Name of Jones. Um, you work with strong female characters. In these, is that a conscious effort, or it just happens to end up that way? Is this coinkydink? My special word. Um, <laughs> coinkydink. Coinkydink. Um, it's not something where we're sitting down and saying we have to make a female film next. It's something like what I do is, I mean, the movies are somewhat autobiographical to begin with, and so Ben can attest to this. Usually, like in the early stages, we're not really thinking gender at first. It's just like, okay, a character maybe going through this, mm-hmm. and then I know, like, one of the things. First of all, I like to work with the actresses that we've worked with, and so it's really fun to work with them. And just in the history of cinema, we haven't seen a lot of the type of existential movies just starring women, and so I know it's not going to be. Quite as derivative, first of all, if I'm sort of like switching the gender from what those type of movies may have been in the past. Right. But then, I mean, when I'm talking with Ben about some of these ideas, at first it maybe starts with like, what if I was going through something like this? And then I switch it to, what if it was a woman going through this? Then it's like, okay, already it's divorced a little bit from my life. And so then I can start to think about, okay, so it's like a parallel sort of thing from what I might have been going through, but a lot of the context is going to change now. And so that helps me just kind of get in that creative mindset. And then it's also a fun excuse to find great actresses and keep working with them. Right. Okay. Excellent. So then take us kind of through conception to premiere then. Right. Yeah. We premiered it at Exarbon Cinema. And I cannot remember when that actually was. August 9th. August 9th. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would have been, well, I guess Tom can answer this better. It was almost two years of, of development. Wow. Okay. So uh, probably slightly over two years yeah. uh, from the first idea. I mean, uh, basically, we just we wanted to make something outdoorsy, and then it leads to all the stuff that I was talking about, about what I was thinking. And so it was written spring and summer 2016. Uh, and then we had – we were still in the middle of editing Naomi Jones throughout all of the writing and then pre-production. And so we finished uh, – or actually, no, we ended up filming it before Naomi Jones was done. Like I, I premiered. I finished editing Naomi Jones. Then we filmed <coughs> Green on Green. Then we premiered right. Naomi Jones. And then I edited Green on Green. 
And so that was just this overlap that was crazy. And yeah, we had we had just finished filming Green on Green when we came here last year for the festival for Naomi Jones, so we could not remember which project was which. <laughs> so we're doing like Q and A's and stuff, and we can't remember. You know, did this experience happen on that side? Right, right. It's a mess. But and we had a lot of the same cast. So yeah, I mean, that does not. Oh, that confused. doesn't help at all. Right. Yeah, you know, there's this one time that blah blah blah. Oh no, that's that's completely wrong. So what's uh, what's I guess kind of next for you? Yeah, guys? what's next? What's, what's next for? For you guys. Well, we haven't made an official announcement about it, so I don't know how much we want to divulge. I mean, I'm literally posting it on Monday. So. Okay. You can give a little teaser. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll say this. Uh, it is an all-out comedy, um, which for those of you that have seen almost a week, and it's much closer to that, but it'll, it'll look a lot better. Um, well, hopefully. We, we've yeah. got no second. <laughs> um, so the, the basis for the idea is that some friends open a speakeasy uh, in their basement, which, as Mark pointed out, is... Uh, definitely illegal, but it's 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 something that I've actually wanted to do in real life. Well, I want to open a bar, but uh, there's so much paperwork you got to go through and all this you know money you have to spend and stuff I just don't want to do. So I thought, what if we approach that for a movie? But then it turned into something a little a little larger than that. Well, Ben's also wanted to make like a Omaha history conspiracy sort of movie where it's mm-hmm. like somehow all of Omaha history gets unraveled into this crazy conspiracy oh, dirt. Yeah. real stuff. Yeah. And so somehow those got merged in a really weird way. It's kind of like Strange Brew would definitely be the closest analogy for the direction it goes in. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we have that uh, sort of like we're in the middle of writing it. And the idea is basically just like a totally silly, fun movie. And not, like, not trying to be deep, not trying to be intellectual. I don't want anyone to say, I don't get it or I'm too dumb to watch this. Just or to or they're going to expect that from you and they're going to try yeah. to find, find all the existential stuff fun. in this completely <laughs> mindless movie, yeah. you know. What do yeah. you really mean? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun too. That'd be fun to just mess with your audience at that yeah. point, you know. <laughs> That'd be something awesome. to take a look at, guys. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other uh, smaller projects that are kind of in the works. We filmed a few episodes of a show called Craft, uh, where we basically go around and drink beer. So we're kind of figuring out what the distribution deal looks like for that in terms of. You know, do we just want to throw an episode on YouTube and get it out there? Do we want to try to develop a whole season first? Um, but that's also much more on the comedy side. Basically, we, we play uh, fictional versions of ourselves drinking beer, commenting on the beer, but also getting into some, some other stuff. It's just a ripoff of the trip with yeah, Steve basically. and Rob Ryden, basically. <laughs> but, yeah. shorter, fil- shorter form. And then there's, I mean, there's a couple people that we've been in contact with about doing short films basically for them music videos kind of in the work but those aren't really our ideas so i'm not going to spill the beans on those too much yeah. yet but a lot of fun stuff going on cool awesome and we're going to find all that again where at one more time exarbincreative.com or just follow exarbin creative on any social media platform uh, and you'll find all the updates for whatever we're working on there cool cool mark you want to say what you've been working on again should we repeat? Should we go again? And no, I think but, we just cut Mark off. He talked enough last cool. time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Thank uh, you. Any, anything else? No, I anything? think that's it for this anything? section. Cool. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks for having awesome. us. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah. We'll be back with a new lineup here soon. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Midnight Frightcast. We are sitting, we got three new guests. It's awesome, guests all day long. They've just been kind of coming in. Uh, but we got Benito Garcia back, uh, sitting with Jeremy Lubash mm-hmm. and Logan Davis. Yep. We are going to, uh, Jeremy screened last night, he showed his movie, Unemployed. 
So yeah, let's just go right into it, Jeremy. Uh, start to finish, unemployed. Where'd it come from? Uh, well, it started out. It was supposed to be a uh, sketch comedy show that myself and three buddies were going to do. Um, the nursing home scene is what it's been known as now. <laughs> uh, was kind of uh, where it came from. We were going to do that for a short skit. Okay. Um, some idea I had. I don't know why I thought about reading an erotic love novel to elderly people, but I, I did. And then I just thought, you know, this is kind of, we didn't do the sketch comedy show like we wanted to. So it's like, let's make this kind of a feature length film. And then, like I said, last night I was, uh, I wrote it in my head for about three years. Okay. I started out yeah. horror. And so I'm like, I'm not going to ever do comedy. But then once the story came together, I was like, this is kind of good. And so I wrote the script in less than a month. And then I had Logan read it. Uh, a few other people read it, and they all just said they couldn't put it down. A lot of them were telling me that, I'll read the first ten pages. Yeah. And then the next day, they're just like, dude, I couldn't put it down. It was so funny and hilarious. Nice. So that's kind of where it came from. And then, you know, Logan came along. Uh, him, and, him and I met, what was that, three, four years ago? Four. Four this past August. We, we work on a professional wrestling promotion. Move the mic over just a little bit more. Okay. I'm yeah. a little soft-spoken. <laughs> so that's all right. I just want to make sure that our listeners can hear you. <laughs> that's why he's behind the camera. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and then uh, we've worked on professional wrestling together. We help run a pro wrestling promotion and do, do a lot of videos together. So I asked him if he wanted to be involved and didn't think he was going to after he read the script and seen how raunchy it was. But yeah. He did, and you know, couldn't have done it without him or Benito. You have to, show, you have to tell me your trick because he turns mine down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the last two projects, he's like, I'm out. So, when, uh, when, you, when you wrote that, uh, Jeremy, did you write with people in mind? Uh, the, the characters of Justin and John were written specifically for them. Okay. I had no intentions of casting John for the role of John just because, I mean, he's acted in everything I've done, but yeah. just small parts. But he told me that, you know, I, let me do it. Just let me try it. And I did. And I, I'm glad I did because he pulled it off. And, yeah. I mean, I... He's not a, as much of a compulsive masturbator as the movie would have you think. Uh, he kind of is because I did live with him for a year, and there are some truths into the things that we put in the script for it. But yeah. I, I won't get into what was true and what wasn't true. So. You could. I mean, we got time. Um, what uh, was there anything off limits? Did anybody tell you no? I won't do that when you when you shot or when you I guess gave out scripts. I, uh, not really. I, I think I, I've told people if there's anything you're uncomfortable doing, speak speak now or forever hold your peace type of thing. And uh, you know, I told everybody if if I was willing to have them do something, they would know I would do it. And there was a few things that I would do, like when Eric Green was eating the dog food. You know, it really wasn't dog food, but yeah. uh, when you change the labels out on refried beans and you're taking a spoonful of it, it you psych yourself out yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. eating dog food and so i took bites before he did so yeah everyone was pretty uh pretty cool about doing things i mean even logan here some of the camera angles he had to get into some Oof. weird positions Absolutely. Uh, yeah he had to have eric green hunched over him thrusting and moaning in front of the camera so yeah he was a team player as well how did you get the uh elderly uh, did you know the elderly lady that was um, dry humping? Um, 
I didn't know her until this movie. No. Until <laughs> so how did you get her? To, how did you? How did you? Yeah. yeah how did you explain that? that story? You know, writing the script, I was just one of the reasons I figured it would never happen was because of that nursing home scene. Because I was like, "There's no way I'm going to find elderly people enough elderly people to be involved in a raunchy film like this." But that was actually the easiest thing to cast. This uh, hmm. uh, lady, Gina, she plays. Um, she plays Diana, and she also plays one of the elderly ladies who put makeup on her. Um, her sister is at a nursing home, and so she said that she was telling all the ladies there about this script, and she had a fairly good idea of what the movie was about. And she's like, "Do you want to? I might have some elderly ladies for you." So I went up there one day, and I mean, these ladies were perverted. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought I kind of had a perverted mind, but I, I they made me blush and stuff and so um jackie well her her mary williams will we'll call her that played edna um she uh she read the script i went to her house in february of 2017 for her to do a read through and she said she was in and i'm like you do realize you're gonna have to moan and thrust into this younger guy and she was like bring it on so <laughs> oh, that's awesome <laughs> wow. that is totally awesome wow Go, you got a question? Um, got a question? Questions I, I currently don't know. I'm just enjoying listening to these stories. <laughs> <laughs> During the talk back uh, after the show last night, uh, you know, and you just talked about it now, that it was originally considered that you're going to be doing sketch comedy with these things. It may have been like a web series or something like that. And did you have more than one sketch that you incorporated into this? Because you had said you started off with the retirement home mm-hmm. scene. Did you have other things in mind as you were going along? Because there were times where it did feel like we've got this sketch here, we've got this sketch here, and we've got this sketch here. How do we tie them together? Actually, the nursing home was actually the only sketch that I actually incorporated. Um, there were some other ideas that I had that they just didn't seem to fit no matter what mm-hmm. we did. Um, I knew I wanted to film in a strip club just because, hey, it's cool to film in a strip club. And, <laughs> uh, that was actually probably the first biggest scene that we filmed. Um, and I thought it was going to be a nightmare to film. But the craziest thing about that day was we started early in the morning and everyone asked, when are we going to be done? I'm like five o'clock and you know we did everything and right when we wrapped i looked right i didn't look at my phone all day and it was 458 and i was oh, like nice. holy cow we are right on schedule but um yeah uh, that was the only scene that was really pre-written before i started writing the script but um i think the scene that everybody loves was the webcam scene oh yeah um, <laughs> that was probably yeah. the highlight for me I, as well. I, I don't i i didn't i was sitting in the front row last night and there was really nobody in front of me and I had thought that everybody was gone. I didn't want to look behind me to see how many people were offended and left the theater. But once that webcam scene hit, it was like that's when yeah, I realized there are still people yeah. there. But there, mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't know. Um, I also love the commitment from the actors in that scene because it could be it could be uncomfortable for them, but yeah. it didn't seem to bother either of them. And I don't know if that was the case on set or anything like that, but it didn't show on screen. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't, and I mean they were miserable conditions. Like that bedroom scene was like. I, what would you guys say about 150 degrees in and, there? and that was something I noticed throughout the movie is every once in a while you'd see just like trickles of sweat coming yes. down these guys' face oh, yeah. you know yeah, yeah and it smelled was. like cat urine in there. Um, we had masks at some point we, yeah, we did There's, because of the because of the smell it was a mixture of the cat issues and dirty dishes that hadn't been washed in <laughs> weeks month. Over a month, oh, for sure. Where did you get it that was apartment? Just awful. Where did where did that come from? So Joe Simmons, who plays Craig, 
Um, it was actually a friend of his brother's that he had known growing up. And I had just, Joe was very helpful in finding like locations when I needed it and um, a lot of other things he was helpful with. But uh, he, I told him, I was like, I don't have an apartment because, you know, we needed a dirty looking apartment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people were willing to give their apartments, but it was, they were spick and span. And it's like, well, I don't want to go in there and have to set dress and dirty it up. Plus, I told him, you know, we're going to be filming for about a month in there. And so Joe said, well, I have this guy. He's kind of a slob. Um, <laughs> well, do you want to go check out his apartment? So we did. And it's like the second we walked in and I smelled cat piss everywhere. I was like, this is it. This is where we're going to be spending home for the next month. And uh, like I said, very little set dressing for that. I mean, a few things here and there, but oh, it was so off. But yeah. And um, like I said, we filmed there for about a month um, and everything was filmed out of order there. It was kind of I don't know. There was one issue. What was the issue with the sound? We had filmed a long scene, and then it was like the next time we got together. Oh, you it were was just format- like, oh, it was shit, the format I just deleted the, it was, I formatted the oh, card. It was, a, it was a miscommunication between, <laughs> oh, it was wow. a big mis- miscommunication between Logan and I, and it, uh, he had, he had talked about downloading some files, and it, it, I just assumed he meant that he had downloaded the files off of the card, and we just, we just misspoke, and I formatted the card, and and all not, of the audio that had been recorded from prior a prior day or a prior couple of days. Was so gone. were you able to no, no. use camera auto or any? That's uh, what audio? we ended up doing. Yeah, I mean the the camera audio wasn't that bad either. I mean this uh, had a heck of a a microphone attached to that too. Uh, I don't. I, I think it was seamless. I don't know that anybody I, yeah. probably noticed that that I, happened. Yeah, and one of them was a bathroom scene, so it did huh. sound a little um, bit uh, echoey, echoey. But that's yeah, okay for fine a bathroom with that, scene. Yeah. yeah, I mean I'm a pretty calm guy i mean it was a very stress-free set in my opinion but i think that was the only time where i when you had you told me you formatted crushed. it i was kind of like about ready to drop kick both of you oh, <laughs> wow. i was like i don't want to refilm that he was crushed but it you all know, worked out yeah. he is one of those guys who jokes on set so i thought it was a joke at first <laughs> yeah i did too I'm like, it's not a joke i was still waiting when we were wrapping up that I night. I i'm really not fucking kidding like, you got you did no you go ahead did did uh the movie turned out like you played it in your head. Oh, and then some, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a vision in your head for, like I said, three years. Yeah. I've been writing it and then you know, casting it like everybody just did the part perfectly. Uh, I mean, the only thing that I, I, I don't necessarily care for and maybe people don't care but i mean a comedy that's two hours long that that's something that kind of like you know it it bugs me and you know i know people are antsy when they're seeing a movie and you know whenever james cameron has a movie that's it's like oh it's gonna be like a three hour long movie and stuff but uh it was just that thing where we couldn't there was so much good stuff that we couldn't decide well what do we cut and so we just left everything in there it's really the hardest you guys rehearse at all? Did you rehearse at all before you filmed? We had a read through, and that was that was about it. And you know, we we block things out yeah, yeah. in there, but I mean, yeah, the read through just was perfect. Did I, those four guys know each other at all before they went in there and started? Joe and Eric Green know each other, okay. um, and then John and Justin they okay. uh, they knew each other because so. they interacted like they knew each other for. Oh yeah, yeah. So then oh. that that all meshed really. I well. basically had them get naked and sit in a room together for two hours and talk <laughs> so they can get comfortable. No, I really didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, it was like being in a foxhole. Yeah. You get to know the guy yeah. very, yeah. very well. I was going to send them off to a like uh, hotel for a weekend so they could just. And my my rules were: you guys can't leave this hotel room. Just play board games, do what you got to do, watch porn. I don't care what you do, but you guys need to bond. But. 
we never really did that. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it worked out in the end. Yeah, they seem like they've knew, known each other for a long time. So There was a, a few running gags throughout the movie. Was that written into it, or is that developed as you went along? Developed as okay. we went along. Like Michael Laughlin, who's the photo- he's a photographer. photographer. Uh, he... He was there for the strip club scene. I'm like, that day, the only bad thing that happened the day we filmed the strip club is I had like 20-some guys that said they were going to be extras and show up that day. And, well, like four or five of them That always happens. Up. Yep. And that I was always like, happens. man, I was like, I wanted this strip club to look like it was a place to be. And so Michael was there taking on set photos. And I said, can you just sit in and fill in? I was like, I know you go to strip clubs all the time. So <laughs> you have it down. Just do what you got to do. And. Uh, so he did, and then it was just when we had the camera on him, I'm like, hey, since you're not supposed to have cameras in a strip club, I think it'd be funny if you took a picture and she slapped you. And so we did that, and then it was the nursing home scene I think that we sh- shot next, and he was there again. And I'm like, hey, let's just have you walk in and take a random picture. And then it was like from there on out, it was like... No, he got slapped a lot. <laughs> yeah, he did, and he didn't complain. So. I was a, a little curious about the... the- Slipping on the mail, the pile of mail. And I was wondering if that was an accident. And they said, oh, fuck it. Everybody's going to slip on the mail from that point on. And that was one thing. Like, we we just had a couple of them do it. Uh, And after we shot the film and we wrapped up and we're editing, we're like, yeah, we should have had every single one of them slip on that pile of mail. But, you know. What can you do? It was, it was like almost expected. Anytime anybody mm-hmm. moved on that side of the room, I was just waiting for someone to just, just you know, right, do the exactly. Death, you know? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, we slipped on it like a thousand times when <laughs> yeah. we were filming. So, yeah. but what was the uh, experience? The difference in shooting Unemployed and then shooting Shadow's Edge. Oh, uh, well, experience. I mean, when yeah. I shot Shadow's Edge, that was my first feature length film uh, that I wrote and directed, and I had only done about like three short films before yeah. that and I was just my eyes were big and you know, I, I look back not that I'm ashamed of Shadow's Edge but I look back and I'm like Ugh. like I, I don't when people are like where can I see it I'm like you don't want to see it but um, um, it's you know, good it, it's that good that played here right mm-hmm. that played it did here, like right? I think yeah. the second yeah. year of this but yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it but it was you know I've worked on a lot of other people's film sets you know mm-hmm. with Benito he's yeah. luckily I get to work on all of his films with him um, so I've, I've learned a lot you know, I didn't go to school for any of this yeah. um, I watch a lot of DVD extras whenever I buy a DVD yeah. if there's not a making of documentary on there yeah. I don't even buy it yeah. uh, but um, this was it just seems seamless like with Shadow's Edge I had a lot of help from Guy White and Joe Harris they were the cinematographers and yeah. They did a lot of the directing because it was my first time kind of really on a big set. This time I actually felt like I was the director. Like I felt like I had everything planned out. And if anybody had a question, I was able to answer it like that. Um, And it also helps having a amazing crew and cast. But and and just I don't know, like I hate to say like I'm done with horror movies, but comedy kind of seems to be more my Uh, thing and more it's it's less stress oh i I hear you on that i prefer comedy over over horror sorry guys but that's my right there with you yeah Yeah. i might be the lone person at the table a lot of things have to come together in a horror movie to make it work and it's Mm got to be a lot of things yeah not that i'm saying comedy is easy i don't mean it that way by any means comedy is really hard especially for the actors i think oh i didn't mean it that way by any means but <clears throat> a lot of things have to work. Like your special effects have to work. Your tones that you're setting have to work. Your char- characters have to be believable. And 
Yeah. 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 Horror is tough. I mean, yeah. I'll just say movie making in general is tough. Oh, yeah. Anybody yeah. that even takes a, takes a stab at it. I mean, it's Jeremy was yeah. very open too, as, as we were on set and, and, and we were filming scenes open to suggestions yeah. and we shot a lot you guys, I can't even imagine what the behind the scenes reels must look like oh, there's yeah. so many ad lib things and mm-hmm. things that we changed and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't Jeremy was very cool about that's why I just, just, I just don't like the people that write something and it's like you gotta do it like this because yeah, I yeah, said yeah. so I mean obviously not, not one person can make something amazing well something. not only that you're, you're restricting your actors mm-hmm. at that point and then they I don't want to say they feel resentment but they feel they feel constrained right. that they can't be as right. creative as they possibly can mm-hmm. be uh, so it, it, for me as, a, as an actor and as a director or as an actor's director uh, the collaborative process is so important with that exactly. and being able to let them express themselves. Even if it's even if you know what you're going to be using, still give them that opportunity mm-hmm. to play because they may change your mind. Well, and that's, that's just it. Like a, a, the actor knows their character the best. That's exactly so right. If, if yeah. they, wanna, they think their character would do it this way, let's try it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can try it both ways and whatever works, and that's the thing. Like everybody ad-libbed a lot of stuff. And, yeah. I mean, that made it hard for filming sometimes because it's like, you know, they don't tell you what they're going to do. Yeah, you yeah. have a good take going, and then all of a sudden somebody does something, and then I bust out laughing behind <laughs> the camera, and I ruin the whole take. And I was like, you should tell me yeah. these things. So, and that's an important element, just not for cast, dude. It's for crew. I mean, as your you know director of photography, you just let me spread my wings and fly mm-hmm. too. He wasn't like micromanaging, like it has to be this angle, or if he wanted something, he's like, well, shoot your way first and then let's look at this I mean there was a lot of collaboration well, yeah. Logan so. he graduated from Full Sail University which is pretty prestigious in itself so Full yeah. Sail represent yeah so, <laughs> so I mean it would be stupid for me to like tell him like no, do it my way I mean he obviously <laughs> went to a pretty prestigious school yeah. so and that's something I, think, I teach you though in film school like you can break the rules like mm-hmm. this yeah. is your framework think beyond too so yeah. I love full sale yeah that happens that's with Jeremy and I a lot <laughs> really know, he, he's the I ch- he good catch the, uh, <laughs> I change your uh, uh, whole script I have great scripts we talked about it earlier yeah, 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 I yeah. come together with these scripts that I love I come to Jeremy, let him read him, or look at him, or we talk about him, and he just fucking changes the. Tr- <laughs> I don't mean to do that. I mean, you can always say no. But. <laughs> well, it worked really good both times. So, yeah. so where are we going to be able to find unemployed down the line? Well, uh, Logan and I, we're going to be buying a uh, multi-disc burner. We're going to burn copies ourselves. We want it to look professional, so it's like we don't want to get those. Like, we also want to uh, laser etch on the disc, like the unemployed mm-hmm. lo- logo. I mean, people put so much hard work and time into this that we don't want to just slap on like a crappy sticker. I mean, no offense to people that do that, <laughs> but, just, yeah. but yeah, we're going, we, I mean, we have, we, the two premieres we had in Omaha, like we, so many people Sold after out, they right? saw, yeah, both were yeah. second one was close to sold out. It wasn't completely sold out, but, um, I might as well call it a sellout, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many people that bought pre-ordered DVDs. So that's next. Um, I'm planning on, uh, you know, like I said, I've never been in this to make money. Mm-hmm. I just like doing it and yeah. entertaining people. Yeah. So, but if I can make money off of it, that's great. So I want to have a couple more premieres in Omaha and hopefully a couple more in Lincoln. Um, I know Lincoln's getting hard to find a theater to screen movies at, but I want to do it for a charity, um, and all the proceeds go to a charity. I'm looking at an autism charity mm, to, cool. to help out with. Very cool. Um, and then him and I were just last night, you know, 
Nothing like this is the first time hearing it on like actual surround sound. The mm-hmm. theater in Omaha is it's an old theater and it's an amazing theater. Westwood Cinema Eight, they were amazing, um, but their theater system, their sound system, wasn't. Uh, full surround sound so last night hearing it on the full surround sound we heard some things and we're like oh god this we need to have this in more theater so we're looking at a few more film festivals one in um sioux city is that uh, rapid city rapid city, rapid city. Um, film festival. yeah and i mean he's even going to be looking at possibly something out at full sale since he's alone oh, cool. there yeah. um, <clears throat> and then you know, there's a, Joe Simmons has told me several streaming services that I should try to yeah, yeah, look yeah, into. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's hopefully we'll have a few more premieres. I just hate that it's uh, you do all that work and you only get to screen it on the big screen a couple times yeah. and then mm-hmm. it's it's done. Like I want to drag this out for everybody as long as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Go ahead. No, jeez, no, no, you're always trying to jump on my <laughs> questions, aren't you? They're fighting. Yeah. No. Uh, going back to your uh, the 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 post-talk after the movie last night and and because I get a payment every time I mention his name, Eric Moyer. <laughs> <laughs> what did we sign up for that? Who was that again? You, Eric Moyer, cha-ching, okay. cha-ching. <laughs> you had mentioned, you named the, the, the character Squiggy mm-hmm. because of Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Correct. You are a young man, or at least you look like a young man. How the hell do you know? <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do you know Laverne and Shirley? Uh, I grew up in a household where, uh, you know, my mom and dad, we watched the same episodes. Like, I watch, I loved shows like Taxi, Laverne and Shirley. I mean, I grew up on a lot of those okay. shows. So a lot of, like, Up at Night, is that what that Nick was? At Nick, Nick, at Nick at Night, night. that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Up, up at night. night, that's a completely different that thing. That was, uh, what was her name? Ronda Shears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know where your mind's at. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> No, I thought I thought that was very interesting. I was like, it's like no, he's way too young to know who that is. But yeah, I turned thirty-five in a couple weeks here, so I'm not wow. that young. I mean, I can run for president if I wanted. Three, to. Yes, you could. But no, yeah, I, I, my original goal, like I said last night, was I was going to actually cast that actor to play the role of Squiggy. Uh, obviously, if I cast him, I probably, I don't know, legality if I would have had to change the character's name. But, uh, you know, that's when I was writing it that I squiggy was, I guess, you know, that was Mm -hmm. somebody I had in mind for the character when writing it. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I've always, I worked with Eric Moyer on uh, a film several years ago and thought he was extremely talented. And so I wanted him to be a part of this. And so I figured, you know, he would be the next best thing. And I explained to him that I really wanted squiggy to kind of have that squeaky type voice like that. And, at the read through, he had us all in tears because he, he did that and he put his own spin on it. And, um, there was actually going to be a scene that we didn't film, uh, the end credits where it shows where they're all at. We were supposed to film something with squiggy, but time issues, we just couldn't do it. Um, but we were going to have him like on a talk show and like somebody like Conan O'Brien. And then, uh, his voice, he was going to start out, and then he, was, he did this in the read-through. He was going to clear his throat, and then all of a sudden he was going to have this really professional-sounding <laughs> voice. But we never got around to it, so, but, yeah. Um, and we are, we, a lot of people have asking about a sequel, and I have an idea. We've been talking about it, and it would involve more of Squiggy, so hopefully I'd have to talk to Eric before. It's like he gets his own spinoff. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he... Yeah, he would be the the main character of like the second one, and I guess I, before I would even put time and effort into the script, I'd need to ask him, "Hey, can you and your voice hold up to doing a more screen time?" Yeah, but excellent. You have something already in the pipe as well, too. You're working on another project already, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, currently, like right now, like I said, I'm a 
my full-time job. Obviously, I'm not a full-time filmmaker, but yeah. I uh, manage a Halloween shop, a year-round Halloween shop, and uh, I'm helping. I'm a manager for a haunted house in town. So this weekend's kind of like my vacation. It's my only time off in October. Uh, Monday, mm. I go back to work. But uh, after that, I'm going to be writing a... I'm currently writing a feature-length uh, comedy called Serial Killers, Okay. Spelled like a bowl of cereal. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a dark comedy. It's going to be more raunchy than Unemployed, if oh, you can believe that. Probably less men's butts in it. Yeah. But, um, uh, I figure guys, <laughs> guys are more willing to, if you ask them, can we see your ass on film? They'll say yes. If a girl, if I asked a girl that, she'd probably punch me. But yeah, uh, so I'm going to be writing that more full time after the Halloween season, which is kind of what I did with Unemployed. Yeah. Um, and then we were just talking about how uh, we kind of want to, you know, we're not going to have a feature-length film for Prairie Lights next year, but if they're willing to have us back, you know, do it like how Benito does, where mm-hmm. we do a short film that's yeah. specifically for um, here. And we actually thought of the premise earlier, which whether we go that route or not, I, I would like to. I think it's it's something that every guy goes through so they can relate to it. So I'll just leave it at that. Cool. Awesome. Uh, where can we find your stuff, Jeremy? Because well, you said Shadows Edge isn't really uh, an option, but you have other stuff out there. Where can we find um, your work? I really like that's the thing. I don't really have any place where people can see it because I mean, there's there's really only three things that I aside from like Benito's they, stuff they can't find my stuff. Either, but so like you're discreet. Yeah. You know, I have I have the Shadows <laughs> Edge, which I you know it was my first film. There was this company I think in Australia that wanted to be the ones that would distribute it. And, you know, I signed a contract and kind of got screwed over in that deal. Um, I don't think the company is around anymore. Uh, So I thought about if people really want it, I'll just burn copies myself. And if the company comes after me, I'm like, you never lived up to your end of the, the uh, contract we signed. Uh, I know shadows edges on Amazon. I don't know how much it is probably too much. Um, but the only other thing that I really have out there would be a short film, Junior. It was on that uh, Silly Scaries 2 that we kind of had. I do remember Junior, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. So uh, that's the only other thing. And uh, I don't know. It will probably have a link once we get DVDs up on the Facebook page for Unemployed. But, cool. But other than that, yeah. Awesome. Anything else? Anything else? I don't think I've got anything else. Uh, we'll come back then after uh, you know another break. Let's go watch some more uh, some more movies. Thanks, guys. Right. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Thank you. We're on. We've been rolling for a while. Uh, are we, well, yeah, 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 no idea. Come on, guys. Let's. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome back to this. Just uh, yeah, just talk. Let's go back to the Midnight Frightcast. Uh, we are on day three and getting ready to wrap this thing up. We got Mark Popejoy and Matt joining us. Why, oh, why, did, why did you introduce him before me? I'm the important clearly. One here. The important My goodness, one. I clearly cannot be on this mic anymore. So, so no, it's like just, it's like half the time you're back here, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, everybody, blah, blah, blah. he moves forward. You, you move forward, nervous. yeah, he does. Goes hey, welcome to the shit on Josh cast. <laughs> uh, I am your punching bag, Josh. Um, wrapping up day three of the Prelates Film Festival. Uh, I think we're all tired of <laughs> you sound so pain. Um, yeah, we got uh, we got Matt Kaiser here. 
along with Mark Pope Joy. Was that better? Was that better? Always much better, but you said it with utter contempt and disdain. Speaking of utter contempt and disdain, how did the game go last night, Matt? How did that end? I am incredibly upset right now because... I fucking told um, you. We had this conversation already. Punching bag over here uh, was a human who was working in cahoots with things to kill us, and he ruined the game for us. Play the wild card. I'm going to be the bigger person. No, play the wild card. No, you you need to understand that this is like a a long-term a long played plan here that that Josh had this planned since day oh, one. Did you mean Josh or Jash? Joshua? Oh, did, did I mean Joshua? Joshua? I think you meant Joshua. I, I saw that in the. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like, what happened there? What well, happened? fuck it, we're not gonna fix it. It's fine. Joshua, you'll live with it. I like the name, the nickname Jash, though. It makes yeah, it sound but pretty cool. Actually. Since you started it, Matt, you might as well wrap up while you're pissed at me. Okay, so we played this game called The Thing, and basically, it's a it's a game about you know lying and deceit, and we got to make our way through the outpost. And so it's based on the John Carpenter movie, um, and no one knows who's the thing, obviously. Get closer. Or pull the mic closer to you. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, uh, and basically what happened is Josh became the captain, and he only had one job, which was not to ruin the mission we were on. And he ruined the mission, and we lost. And then we had to flip everyone's cards to find out who was a thing the entire time. And, of course, Josh was a human, and he basically killed the rest of the human crew and helped the things win the game. So Things won, humans zero. I just want to say that <laughs> if, Jash. You, if you're out there playing that game, read your cards closely um, because that's all I really had to do to not fuck that yeah. game up. Oh, yeah, that, that's oh, the that's thing because, because he, he made a decision. He already had the winning cards, but he made a decision and pulled the card that caused the game to lose. So he didn't need to do the thing that he did. But he's Jash, so what do you expect? Um, yeah, so that was a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great game. I highly, yeah. highly recommend it. It's a, it's a fun time, yeah. No, that's yeah. good. Um, we just uh, had Peter O'Brien sit down with us, too. So jump in and, and say hi. Hello. Uh, Pete did Running Through Darkness last night. How did... Uh, Oh, uh, you would talk to him about running through darkness. For yeah, we probably two probably should since we've talked to all the other directors yeah. who've sat and down. Yeah, you said with it. Us. So, um, just you want to talk about just the process for a second, Peter, and from beginning to end, kind of how you came up with it and the filming process and everything. Can you be a little more specific? I, I don't know. Uh, like uh, that's just a long story. So, <laughs> like, is there like more like bullet points you want me? to hit? Can you break it down into bullet points? Was it, how did the concept of the story happen? Yes, concept of the story came about because a couple of years ago at Prairie Lights there was going to be a noir anthology, <gasps> and so I was going to write a script for the script bank, and it was going to go out to filmmakers to choose, and I just ran out of time. I had written one for the horror bank, but I didn't get around to writing the noir one. But the idea stuck around, and the noir anthology never came back around. Like the horror anthology comes around every year. Um, the Not noir, this year. the noir anthology was, you know, more of like a one-off. And so the idea just kind of hung around. And then I went to uh, I went to the movies with Mark Timian, and I was, you know, seeing if he was interested in doing something last summer, and he was. And we had just come to see Dark Star, which is another John Carpenter movie, his first movie, and. We both kind of decided that that movie is officially retired for us. We are we are not going back <laughs> to that ship with Dan O'Banion and the rest of the crew. Uh, but one of one of the ideas was 
we want to make a movie that's better than Dark Star, and I think we succeeded. So, cool. Uh, did you write with people in mind, or do you? Uh, did you have auditions to cast? Uh, a little bit of both. I had I had a couple of people in mind, and I was actually able to get them on board. Uh, our lead, Landon Beard, he was always in my mind for the character, the main character of Calvin, uh, Eric Moyer, um, the Prince of Nebraska. He was. Yes. <laughs> He was in my mind for the uh, antagonist, Carl. And then there were a couple of other people here and there. Mark Popejoy, of course, I wanted because he just he looks like a bad dude. He's not, but he looks like it. He can pull it off. Yeah, we had that discussion last night, didn't yeah. we, about, you know, if you need you need someone that's rapey or yeah. <laughs> you, just, you, just, Thanks. you just get Popejoy. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys should have been in Lucy. Oh. You could be in the sequel. Go. <laughs> so, and then uh, we did have some auditions for some of the smaller parts, but mostly I got I got the people who I had in mind. Cool, cool. How long did it take you from start to finish to uh, writing and filming and, and editing and, and finishing it up? I started writing it on like May twenty eighth and had the first draft inside of a month, and I did a quick revision. Second draft was done like in a month, and then. We rehearsed and, you know, secured props and everything and locations the best we could. And then we started filming in August up to September 2nd. And then I kind of took a little bit of a break. And then I edited it through October and then color corrected it. And we did a pickup day. And so then it was the holidays. And then I did the score and everything and then the sound mixing. So it was all done from pretty much the very beginning of June end of May to the beginning end of the end of March, beginning of April. Oh, so that's, that's, that's pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. I don't, what is that? Nine months, eight months, something mm-hmm. like that. Cool. Uh, play, play, uh, any, anywhere else? Or was that, that was a premiere last night, right? Uh, last night was the Nebraska premiere. Um, it did play at a festival in New York and it won, uh, oh, nice. it won best feature and best score, which is kind of exciting. You know, it's not, it's not the Tribeca film yeah, festival, yeah, yeah. but it was still nice to be acknowledged for, yeah. for the effort. Um, and then it's going to be playing at, a another festival in, uh, Strasburg, Virginia, uh, in November. And then beyond that, I'm just going to have to wait for the, uh, festival programmers to recognize it cool do you uh where can we find do you have a place where all your other stuff kind of lives um, shorts and everything well i have i have a few things on on amazon prime um the sh- there's a short film i did for prairie lights a couple of years ago the house on peach avenue which is part of the horror anthology mm-hmm. that's on amazon prime um there's another little horror short it's only three minutes called trick-or-treat i did that years ago back in new york but that's on prime uh, my previous feature, which is not as good as this feature, is on Amazon Prime. You can search my name to find that one. Um, and then if you go to visuallyhidden.com, that's kind of my, my portfolio where cool. you can see all different projects I have and links and trailers and pictures. So everything is on visuallyhidden.com. Cool. Well, uh, let's wrap this thing up. With uh, some, uh, well, what, what was everybody's, I guess, um, overall thoughts of the weekend? How did it go? What did you like? What did you see? No, I, Nobody jump at the same time. I think uh, everybody should, uh, on October 16th, because Bill Hedges told me that was the day, everybody should go to YouTube and search for Cosmic Cat. 
It's yeah. it's a fun Definitely 25 minutes. a highlight of, of my weekend, watching uh, that come together. Um, since we've been out to... We've we've been out to you know Lions Nebraska at Cosmic Studios several times to film, and to see one of Bill's projects come together yeah. is, is super cool. He's got and there a was, series of scripts written for it. Yeah, and so. there was a discussion in the lobby shortly after uh, the screening of that film last night that that seems like a a niche film that that could really take off because you see all these millennials finding these weird obscure videos and just sharing it and sharing it and sharing it and I think this has that type of element that could really take off for him. It's it's interesting because it is it's it's campy and it's not taking itself too seriously and so it is like, you know, the older Star Trek or like, you know, even like the Batman from 66, you know, and it's funny because in today's day and age and world like you have access to all of that gear and you can make something of that quality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and Bill, yeah, I mean, I just met him briefly, but he seems like a very interesting and inventive kind of guy. So the fact that he did everything himself and built everything himself is just a real, real tip of the hat to him. Bravo. Yeah. And to get a full understanding of what, you know, he's built and what we're talking about, you really have to go out and see that first episode because everything, his whole sets, everything, the spaceship, this where you know everything is he he made like yeah. handmade. Everything's practical it's, on it's, that. Yeah. yeah, a few special effects, you know the the laser gun and stuff, you know that kind of stuff was a few a few little CGI yeah. things, but <laughs> everything as far as building wise, I mean it was all him. Yeah, Matt, you're quiet. You're never quiet. What'd you? Uh, of the weekend i'm just sitting here <laughs> contemplating uh the traitor to our species sitting to my left <laughs> oh, like he's sake. still brooding on <laughs> it'll that. never so go awesome. away yeah. it's just, traitor yeah, to I'm, our species i I'm Jash. never gonna play a game with matt ever again <laughs> no it was, uh, it was, that it was, was a great, great time. time yeah it was a great time um yeah what what ask me something like, i did what? i'm gonna ask kind of a round table question you could have jumped in on that but well, uh no. just i just want to know what your thought your overall thoughts of the weekend were here overall and um you know how you thought this year went compared to maybe past years or anything like that. Just okay. talk. Okay. Well, I felt that um, this this year seemed much more low key than past years. Uh, just overall in general, the the vibe and whatnot. It just seemed to be more sort of chill and laid back. And maybe that's because I pawned off a lot of crap on Ben and Tom, and they were handling all this stuff. So I just got to chill and sit back. But. Um, this this year felt a little just less intense for whatever reason, um, but overall I, I thought it was I thought it was good. Just like I do every year, so it's a fun time. Like I said, I don't really care about the festival in terms of whether or not I like it. It's whether or not the filmmakers like it. The festival's for them. It's not really for me. Um, but yeah, I saw some cool films. I like Mazel Toes a lot. Oh I yeah, thought, that was a good one. That, that was, was a good nice one. surprise. That was super super fun. Um, but. You know, I, I don't want to talk to the trader for a long time, so I'll just wrap things up here. Um, That's cool. You have an announcement anyway, right? You're I do. About, yeah, let's, I have a let's couple. Just, let's let's get couple through those. those. So we we do have dates for um, next year, and I, I learned that this this morning. Actually, I got a text this morning. Hold on. Other, see, I'm important, Josh. Other people are texting me, so I'm trying to figure out like where you texted the, me with. The, I'm, I'm not that important. Right. So next year, October 11th, 12th, and 13th, that's going to be Prairie Lights 7. So those dates are now set in stone. Um, you will be able to, as of 
tomorrow, which is what date? The 15th? 15th. Uh, you can go to the Film Freeway and start submitting your films now. Um, I'm not sure. We were sort of having a discussion uh, I with somebody. I don't even remember what was going on last night because I was so angry. Um, <laughs> I, was having, I was having a discussion with somebody about uh, script bank stuff, bashing. anthologies. And, of course, I like to just talk off the top of my head. So this is the subject to change. But I'm not sure. Oh, it was Benito. I'm not sure uh, we may be doing the anthology projects next year the same way that we've been doing it this year because over the years obviously i think we started maybe second year we did anthology projects i don't know it's been quite a while um at the time we had a ton ton of scripts in the script bank and that's been over the course of the past five years that's been pretty much whittled down to a group of scripts that every year nobody selects nobody wants to do them or people select and don't do them that's the other thing. Yeah, people select them and then they they, they end up having to drop out for a variety of reasons, not just because um, they're just mean people or anything, but life happens and stuff like that. Um, so I don't really want to sort of send out the script bank in its current form and have a bunch of filmmakers do, you know, try to select from something they don't want to do just to just to have something. So I'm going to change this up a little bit. Uh, I will brainstorm with Mark and Tom and Ben, and we're probably going to do something where we're going to allow the filmmakers themselves. We'll give us sort of, here are the rules, so to speak, and then the filmmakers can sort of do what they want. So kind of like a 48-hour film challenge almost. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Is that copyright? I mean, have people done that before? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so we'll be doing we'll be doing something along those lines. Uh, we have had a, a couple of discussions. Where we have um, – oh, fuck, I'm just going to announce it all. Do it. Because if I announce it, that yeah, means just, we have to do it. Yeah, just, right? just go. Okay. That's so we're going to be doing we – ha- we have a new project – uh, that's that's going to happen. Uh, that Pete's going to be involved in, hopefully, <laughs> where he's going to write a script. We have five, and this came into um, a discussion with Mark Timmy when we were filming our. It short was beautiful, bit. beautiful drunk talk. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, Mark Timmy and I were very drunk on Scotch after shooting Bed and Breakfast, uh, which was a short film that we shot a couple months ago, and we decided, uh, you know, when you're drunk, a drunk filmmaker, and you're sort of talking shit with each other, um, we all have egos. We brag about each other, so. The concept came up, well, what if we all had the exact same script and we all directed the exact same story and then had people vote on who's better? Because Mark Timian was like, well, I'd blow your guys' asses out of the water. It wouldn't even be close. My film would be better. And, of course, I'm like, what the? What are you talking about, dude? So basically what we're going to do is um, the plan is uh, Pete's going to write a four-page script with like a maximum of three actors in two locations. We all, as directors, get the exact same actors. Um, but we can do whatever we want within the confines of the script that he writes. So, uh, And none of us are going to be allowed to work on each other's projects. So we have no idea. And then basically what's going to happen, and Pete brought this up, because uh, I think we're going to get a total of five filmmakers. Um, Benito is going to be one of them, I think. Uh, me, my... Uh, 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 Timmy and Timmy and DJ Sharton, who is uh, he? If anyone, uh, any of you have met DJ, he's a very uh, egotistical and br- loudmouth braggart, and he thinks he can just dominate us. So he's gonna be, and we're gonna look for uh, some other filmmakers as well. And then what we'll do is we will screen them all with no credits or anything like that for everybody sort of in a block, and then we'll have the audience sort of just vote, yeah. and then who, whichever filmmaker is voted 
well, that was the best version of him. We'll have all-time bragging rights against all right. of their peers. And, <laughs> and, and they're not going to let you know the audience know whose yeah. film is who. Audience, so, there'll be spoiler, no. mine will have Dutch angles, so you'll probably be able to figure it out. <laughs> so the non-competitive film festival has just become an ultra-competitive film festival. Yes, yes, for, for a specific thing. So we're going to try that. We're we also toying with the idea of a, of a Lifetime Achievement Award for a certain person. I, I won't spoil who the person is right now, but um, taking clips of this person's various uh, filmography works. works and putting it all together into its own interesting film. So having their characters interacting with other characters that they played from other movies and then sort of having people come up on stage and give a, a little you know friendly roast um, sort of like what I do with Josh on a daily basis the traitor to his species um, so we'll be doing stuff like that um, and we, we have ideas for we're going to see how it goes but we have an idea for a celebrity um, next year that I'm going to look into so Try to we, bring bring this we might celebrity in, um. and this celebrity is is was somebody who um, lived in Nebraska for a long time as a kid and is a very very well known. Um, and I'm going to reach out to this person, and they are a producer in their own right and have lots of new films. So we might do something with that. So we got lots of plans. Uh, all like I said, subject to change depending on anything that happens. Right. But uh, and. And I'm not done. We will be screening Robo Mummy for sure. Yeah. So um, um, not only is it Prairie Light Seven, we could very well be screening. The plan is to screen uh, the Return of the Robo Mummy Part Seven. Yeah. And oh, hope, nice. yeah. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, uh, chills down your spine because we'll have the Western and everything shot. That'll be done as well. So that is something that might also screen depending on yeah. stuff. Yeah. Dead Lantern's very slow. We we have a very slow process, but. Um, we might we have a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of other people that are making some really interesting yeah. things. It's going to be a big. Well, chills like would have been done. What? You're thumping the table, and it's knocking all the microphones. <laughs> there Sorry. you go. Good God. <laughs> but yeah, so yes. that's. Uh, I'm just I'm just thinking about the listeners your, who are going ouch, out ouch, this, man. ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't care about your. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I was pounding on the table. Uh, should we? You got anything else? Um, I, I got to say, uh, one observation I had for for uh, this year's uh, festival is the amount of student films, and hmm. that I you know to pursue that I think even more, and maybe have a student block or something like that. I've actually would tried be. doing that. Mm-hmm. I went and met with Cinema Sixteen. I got to their meeting, whatnot, and um, in the years past, I wanted an actual UNL block, right? Um, but the issue is UNL is not very keen on promoting it as UNL filmmakers because they have their own film festivals and stuff mm-hmm. that are specific to UNL students. Mm-hmm. So for this year um, on the Film Freeway, I told UNL students who were interested, I'm like, please make a note that this is a student film from UNL because I don't know many of these people. I have no idea if they're <coughs> students or not. Um, so that is something we've tried to do in the past. I would like to do that a little bit more. Um, and I was actually very impressed with the amount of um, uh female filmmakers that were um, in Nebraska that were submitted this year because there was a lot. And normally we don't get very uh, many filmmakers, and that's why we sort of wanted to have a block to sort of spotlight spotlight them and whatnot. So it was cool. The, just the amount of people, new people who are sort of making things is kind of cool because um, there was a lot of films this year. I had no idea who these filmmakers were. I'd never even heard of them before, yeah. and we were putting their stuff up there. So it was very, very cool. Awesome. Cool. 
Uh, let's just wrap with some plugs. Does anybody want to have anything to plug? Plug, plug, plug away. I'm out of plugs. I've been plugging pretty late for like uh, for 364 days. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my plug is officially off the table until next year uh, for Prairie Lights. But anybody else got anything they want to put out there? Silence? Crickets? Um, oh, go ahead, Mark. I'm good. I was waiting. You're good? Okay. I, I will plug um, – I, I do think it's uh, interesting to sort of watch the creative process of filmmakers and – it used to be one thing where I would not ever show anybody anything. It was basically me, and then you'd have to wait three years until the movie was done. Um, but I've changed up uh, for Chills Down Your Spine, uh, this thing a little bit. If anybody out there is interested in watching post-production process of, of a local film being created, uh, every Monday night at 7.30, uh, DJ and I are doing a Google Hangouts where we're doing live post-production <coughs> of Chills Down Your Spine. And I'm totally fine with people jumping on and sort of like participating and throwing in their feedback and, and stuff like that. Um, we've actually had some success in the past uh, doing that where, you know, people will just pop on at, you know, 830. And they're like, well, what are you guys doing? Well, here, why don't you go to Free Sounds and find a sound that is like, you know, feet squishing against wet grass or something like that. And then like, oh, OK. And it's something very simple that someone can do who's not a filmmaker and just sort of, you know, chat with filmmakers, mm-hmm. see how the process is done. Cause you can watch as you know, we're editing it and removing uh, exit signs from, from things. And you can learn that way. And you can sort of like yell at me and say, Matt, that sucked. Why, why did you do that? You maybe you should change that. Um, so seven thirty PM on Monday nights from now until probably right before Prairie Lights when we finally finish everything. <laughs> um, you can do that. If you're interested, you can send me a Facebook message and I can get you the Google Hangouts link. Um, and I'll send the Google Hangouts link to you guys and then you guys can post it Absolutely. if you want. Excellent. And, yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, again, I just want to uh, encourage everybody. Uh, sorry, Patrick, I blew it out again. I can't get further back from the mic. Uh, I want to encourage everybody that's at least an insp- uh, aspiring filmmaker or or um, if you got a film out there, Film Freeway, you said opens tomorrow. Yeah, on the fifteenth, and like I said, there's no submission fees or anything. Yeah, it's free. And, and one other thing, because I, I like to talk, Josh. Sorry, <laughs> you're cool, um, man. One one thing is, every year we've been getting a ton of entries, uh, and so we had this problem last year. I think we talked on a podcast or one of the years I was on here where we're getting so many entries now that it's becoming impossible to program everything. Um, and I would highly encourage people, if you have a movie, even if it wasn't selected this year because, hey, I mean, we had a lot, just resubmit it, okay? <clears throat> resubmit your films in the past that maybe didn't get selected. Uh, and if you have a film, please do not wait nine months before you decide to just click on Film Freeway and hit submit uh, because, you know, that was something that happened. We had some filmmakers submitting right at the last minute and it was like, well, we can't do it anymore. Usually how the process goes is we start programming stuff sort of in our, in our heads well in advance we don't just wait to last minute and then start programming things around so stuff starts getting plugged in and we need to have that content up front as much as possible so that we can sort of start plugging things in where they need to go so submit early submit often like uh like a chicago voter submit now uh patrick you gotta you gotta do your plug man I'll make this quick. Everybody, help us out. Make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on and review and rate us. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many, many more. You can check us out online. Find us on Twitter 
at mfrightcast. Follow us and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Midnight Frightcast. And you can also find us on Instagram. So share, 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 and share some more. Post it on your walls and tell your friends. And also be sure to check out our films at MidnightFrightFilms.com. You can find us on YouTube as well, Midnight Fright Films. Okay, cool. Greg, you're going to do your plug? My name is Greg the Movie Guy, and I am the best movie reviewer that you have never heard of. I write movie reviews with a positive spin over at gregthemovieguy.com. I've been a little quiet recently. That's because I am diving deep into horror movie madness for the month of October. I hope to get something up there here soon, but if I'm quiet in October, you at least know why. So jump on over, see what I've got posted on there. That is gregthemovieguy.com. For myself and uh, Patrick and Greg and Peter and Mark and Matt, Thanks for hanging out with us all weekend. We will see you next year. 